Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Champ Man on the Post, episode number six. We are back. We are, thank you very much if you listened to any of the previous episodes. They've gone down really well, and we're really glad we're bringing you content that you really enjoy. Uh, but for this week, I'm your host, Ross, and with me, as ever, is the man himself, Mr. Dave Black. Hello, hello. How are you? How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yes, I'm very good. I think uh, it's warm, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I'm adjusting to my new job, do, like doing stuff all day, lifting big, heavy things around, and blimey, I'm sweating a lot. It's it's good. I'm losing weight, but yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the winter. I'm lifting no more than I was before, but uh, <laughs> hey, a, a child that's growing every day. I'll tell you what, he's a heavy lad. I mean, he was <laughs> he, he was born ten pound thirteen. So he's always been a big lad, um, yeah. and now I think he's. he's just over two stone or something, but it's it's quite, it's quite a heavy lift. Like, mate, it doesn't get any better. My daughter's six and still wants to be carried all the time. <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't you, if you could? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't carry me. To be <laughs> yeah, um, aye, right, but the only thing I'm missing at the minute is uh, is like off- office aircon because I'm just sat in my little office with oh, yeah. monitor on, laptop on. And sure, the window's open, but it's, it's just warm because you've got to shut the yeah. door as well. Because obviously, just warm air coming in, kids and stuff. So you know, it's uh, it is warm, and um, the old disco pits are out. If, uh, <laughs> if you're a, if you're a fan of sweaty men, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the podcast to come to yeah, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, we are here. Episode number six. Uh, we've got some good guests coming up, Dave. Who is on this week's show? Or yes. This month's show, obviously. So this month we are doing Champ Man 102, which is probably the most popular version of the series. Um, yeah. So to help us out with that, we've got um, Alan Finnett, who you probably know as CM 102 Legends, uh, and Mike Paul, who is um, Mike Paul Vox, who did things like Diamond Geezers and uh, mm-hmm. various other CM 102 projects. Uh, so they're joining us for part one. And then... Uh, I think you are joining us for part two as well, alongside um, yeah. Martin from the CM One or Two Super League. So this is a, a league that still runs to this day. I think it's a weekly. Um, he's going to tell us all about it, how it how it happens, because uh, it's as far as I know, I think it's the only the only league of its type amongst the community. I think it's uh, yeah, I think so. It's fairly fairly unique. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing all about that later on. Yes, and then in part three, hopefully, fingers crossed, we yeah. have a guest lined up. So again, to take you behind the curtain of how this very professionally produced podcast work is um, I line up guests with Ross we interview the guests and then I scramble around madly until the last day of the month when eventually our third guest agrees to interview um, and then we, we record that and that's great like you've probably heard in previous episodes like Alex Anson agreed whilst we record in the first part of the episode um, we haven't had that luxury yet this week I always keep looking at my phone and hope that someone's going to ping us back but yeah, it's uh, it's a struggle and I'm surprised it's a struggle to be honest Ross because no one's doing anything. 
Exactly. So, what have these guys got better to do than to yeah. speak to us? And again, to give you some perspective, it's Tuesday the 16th when we're talking now. Football's back yep. tomorrow. Like, the whole point with this exactly. is we try to record everything now, and we've got, you know, Thursday is free. Because uh, then after Thursday, there's like seven, eight consecutive nights or something of, you know, yeah. high-quality football, and whenever Leeds it's play. It's every night. But, yeah. So, this would have been the perfect opportunity. But, uh, yeah. you know... Well, hopefully, fingers crossed. We do. We get. We'll pull someone out of the hat. There will be a third segment. Just keep your ears peeled for that. Yeah, <laughs> hideous how, image. How how is your uh, Mark Kerr impression? If we, if we, <laughs> <laughs> if we need, to I'm gonna have to Google him just to make sure I don't go too Scottish. We can get, always get Andy on or Ali and uh, yeah, plumb, see if they can uh, plumb new depths of uh, Chapman impersonations. <laughs> well, he, isn't he currently a manager? I mean, yeah. Kerr. So uh, again, I, I emailed his club saying. You know, it'd be great to have him on the pod. And then I realised yeah. that, you know, the Scottish League packed up maybe a month ago. And I imagine yeah. they've all been furloughed. So Well, yeah, what are they doing? So I, I can't imagine they're still paying wages during this time. I mean, why would you? There's nothing to do. No. I um, mean, we don't offer any sort of financial incentive to go on the podcast, but... No, no, I mean... Get your name out there. I mean, more. well, to be, to be clear, like if they said, you know, well, if you can donate, I don't know, a small amount of money to yeah. whatever their charity they're raising for, I'd do that. You know, I'm not... I'm yeah, not, I'm not evil. I'm just you know, charity. just trying to run a podcast here. But, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, happens. this is yeah. There we go. This is episode number six. Uh, we're going to carry on all the way through the year anyway. Uh, but yeah, if you are listening to this one, then you are subscribed to Mount the Post, and there's going to be podcasts coming thick and fast at you until well for the next kind of was it six weeks ish roughly. Yeah, I'm the the thick part of that partnership, so I'll be there <laughs> and. Uh, and fast, I guess, will be <laughs> whoever's alongside me. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm assuming Chris. Yeah, uh, well, I, I'd hope so. Um, me, me and Chris are uh, the Sunday Dream Team, but now will be the Any Night Dream Team where there's time to talk about football. Yeah, we've got football coming all over the place. It's going to be me and James going to be doing a, a, a championship podcast because we've both got our hands in that fire very much. So it's going to be the, the Extra Time guys and then Ali's going to be here with a weekly show as well to kind of catch up with some midweek football. So so much stuff from Randall Post. Thank you so much for uh, listening. That's all we can really ask. We, you can donate to us using the uh, ACAS supporter thing if you really want to, but no pressure. If you like what we do, you can drop us a couple of quid for uh, to support our, our young children. You know, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, anyway, let's get into the podcast. Let's get into part one, the interview with the guys. Cheers, Ross, and I'll see you for part two. Hello, sir, there. So I'm joined now by two Champman and one or two legends in their own right. Uh, firstly, we've got Mr. Alan Finnett. Alan, how are you, sir? I'm very good, Dave. How are you? Yeah, brilliant, thanks. Uh, so, Alan, you are the man behind CM One or Two Legends, the Twitter account. Uh, how long has that been uh, been run for now? I think it's about three and a half years now. Maybe two and a half. Not sure. Maybe three. Yeah, it's... Uh, so three and a half. I'll go three and a half. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a fairly long time, though, to, to run an account of that, of that ilk. Um, we'll we'll circle up around to that in a minute. But uh, also, join me and Alan is... Uh, Mr. Mike Paul, how are you, Mike? Hi, guys. Yeah, good, thank you. Very good. You're in uh, sunny Spain, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Sure am, yeah, yeah. In lovely Valencia. Lovely, warm, muggy Valencia. Well, look at you. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> yes. No doubt it is better where you are than where 
Well, certainly where I am. Uh, Alan, I don't suppose you live in some sort of tropical northwest, do you? Or... Uh, no, uh, just West London. <laughs> no. So, it's, uh, I think Mike... Famously tropical West London. <laughs> so Mike's definitely winning on the uh, on the weather front. Um, Mike, people probably know you from Diamond Geezers in the first instance, but would you say that's fair, or do you think... Or have you done other stuff before that that we should know about? No, I no, I would have I would have thought that's where it all started for for most people. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't write or do a lot other than just play the games obsessively before <laughs> that all started. So yeah, yeah, I think we uh, we can all attest to that. So uh, what we always do when we have guests on is we just ask you for a quick CM profile. So so Mike, we'll stick with you for this to start with. So do you remember when you first played the game of any sort? Sorry, so. Say that again, I didn't. I, I You broke up a little bit there. Oh. Um, we always start with uh, people's history of the game. Uh, do you remember when you first played Champman or any, any part of the series? Oh, my first one was Champ Manager 2, the original uh, Champ 2. I never played the first one. I actually still haven't ever played the very first Championship Manager. Um, it was definitely Champ Manager 2, and uh, that was that was where it all began. Um, I remember being an adolescent uh, and hilarious teenager and going into the uh, text editor and changing the commentary so that it said <laughs> funny things. Um, I remember doing that quite a lot on Champ Manager 2. I began, to be honest, it was, it was 97, 98, actually, that got me completely hooked. Um, and then, I, I, to be honest, I don't know why I chose 0102 to, to go back to because I hadn't played any of the older games for quite a long time. Um, and then I was just sort of prompted one day by a conversation on um, Twitter to, to look it up. And it was just 0102, I think, was possibly just the most accessible to me. And... Yeah, well, what we found going through this podcast is not an awful lot between 97, 98 and 0102. Um, they seem to be yeah. two that are certainly the standout versions. Uh, Alan, what about yourself? Do you know when you first got addicted? Um, I think it was from the very first game. Yeah. <clears throat> first one where it had real players. Oh, yes. Uh, one of the two. And um, my aunt worked for Commodore because she got us uh, <laughs> yeah. an Amiga. My brother yeah. got an Amiga for Christmas one year. And I think it was my older cousin's cousin, Andrew, who introduced us to Championship Manager in Glasgow. So <laughs> it's all stemmed from there. Things have never been the same ever since. <laughs> yeah. I've actually played all of them up to CM4, apart from 97, 98. Really? Oh, man. Oh, what a I've played it a couple of times at Mate's house at the time, but uh, because my family computer at the time wasn't up to scratch, I couldn't play it. Ah, so yeah. Well, I had the same problem with CM3 when it first came out, but uh, oh, it's sacrilege that you never played 97, 98, but we'll put that right one day, I'm sure. We'll, we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go back and give it a go. We'll do a job swap for a week, and I'll uh, I'll do a one or two, yeah. and you do next seven eight years. Yeah. So uh, obviously we're here, we're here today mostly to talk about a one or two. Um, so for those who've been following the the podcast over the last uh, six months or so, uh, we started out looking at Champman One, and we've made our way through the series to to this point. So Champman One or Two was released in October 2001, so they were back on the you know the more regular release times after a bit of a delay moving to the new series. Um, there wasn't loads of new features in a One or Two. Um, there were mostly tweaks and things to kind of make the game more refined. Uh, so a couple of new features included uh, things like being able to send players for surgery, uh, and there was more things like player notes, player comparisons, so you know a lot more of sort of admin type of things that you could do. Um, 
there were 26 playable leagues, but the only new league in this game was the South Korean League, which was actually patched in, so it wasn't there on release. But they yeah. sent out a patch sometime after that, probably two or three months, I'd guess, unless any of you remember exactly. No, uh, no, no, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to say the whole patch thing was uh, was totally lost on me as I was playing this game. I think when it was released, it was only you know years later when you realise uh, what was what you were able to do. But I've always been a stickler for sort of out the box databases where you can get them. Uh, again, we'll come on to that with the yeah. too, because it's particularly prevalent with. Uh, Depending on who you talk to, they'll have a totally different recollection of this game. Depending on what what sort of what uh, what patch they're on, because we get into you know super Greeks and all sorts. Depending on who you who you talk to, so we'll, right. uh, we'll we'll touch on that shortly. Um, do either of you remember um, which save you had on this game that particularly got you addicted in the first place? Oh, do you want to go first, Dylan, or shall I? Um. I'm I'm trying to think to be honest. Like, it's been 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long time and a lot of saves. And I kind of some of them like get stuck in my memory of the same save. But I think when I eventually got Tottenham to the Champions League final, I can't remember if I won it or not. But that's all I remember. Got through the first three months without getting sacked, and just built a team up. So, and oh. to. Tottenham are quite a hard team. I think they're quite a hard team, especially 18 years ago. Before really internet, you didn't know all the superstars. It took work out yourself as well. Yeah, that's a yeah, big, big thing about Spurs in particular. They've got quite an old squad, uh, so there's not an awful lot to, you can do with them in terms of you know selling players to make money. You've kind of just got to ride it out for a bit. Mike, do you uh, yeah, do you recall your uh, your first addicted save of this game? Well, I'm pretty sure, because the problem is that I played all of them so obsessively. Mm. I, I, I always start from the very bottom uh, mm. and work my way up to, to glory, to Champions League and Premier League glory. Um, and so I've taken over so many small teams and taken them all the way to the, to the top. I'm pretty sure 0102 was my Staley Bridge Celtic uh adventure i'm pretty sure it was that one there are t- there are two saves that really stick out for me in when i played in english leagues on the older games one was staley bridge and one was blythe spartans oh, yeah. i'm pretty sure blythe spartans was a different one though um i don't remember but i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i 102 just looking at the conference from that season staley bridge celtic were in the conference and blythe spartans weren't so i guess it must have been them that i that i went to um but I also, when I was younger, I had a trial at Woking, and so I used to play as Woking every now and again. So they're they're another team that I like to try to take as far as I can. Did you uh, add yourself in at all? I did used to, yeah. <laughs> when I was younger, I always used to add myself in as a as, as like a fourteen year old teenager <laughs> with 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 like I did. I never went for the for the biggest potential. I always went for some. I was I was so I was even so modest that I was like I won't give myself minus two or two hundred potential. I used to give myself somewhere around one twenty or one thirty, so that I could middle around in the lower leagues. But I used to always side myself and play myself every game, even though I was rubbish. Yeah, I added um, myself into um, Hampton Richmond Borough. Oh I yeah, eighteens at the time. I thought I wasn't in the squad list. I was guided, but yeah. <laughs> I actually played for I played for Aldershot's um, youth team way back in the day when they were a non-league team before they actually got into the professional leagues. When they were a Phoenix club, I played for yeah. Aldershot's like under 18s or whatever. I'm not a I used to play. I, 
Oh, really? That's yeah, funny. We, we, we might have played against each other. Yeah. Um, I won't ask how old you are to. Not we don't want to embarrass ourselves on. We'll do, on we'll do podcast, that after. But <laughs> we'll do it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I used to add myself into all the shot as well. But yeah, those days are long behind me. I now just try and find funny namesakes within the games, players that already exist. But to answer your original question, Dave, sorry to ramble. I'm pretty sure it was Stadebridge Celtic's rise to glory, Champions League glory, was my was the one that got me hooked. <laughs> Yeah, I think as well, bother in mind, like, the conference had only been in these games since CM3, so it was still quite a new thing. Um, yeah. It kind of wasn't really a thing you could do up until the late 90s, so I think people really enjoyed that challenge of becoming a football league club and things, which is probably, yeah. probably the last couple of times it was really possible without sinking in, you know, days of your life, because I think now if you try to do it as you're kind of demonstrating at the minute with FM12, is it, or 13? I, I 12, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's obviously quite a gulf now between um, Football League and Conference uh, which is only getting wider year on year so I think uh, you, you've got to kind of enjoy it in the retro games because it's a right old slog trying to do it in uh, any sort of modern game now yeah. I think so I think going from that from Conference to Premiership is the ultimate Championship Manager I think everyone yeah. bit goes their team a bit for Tottenham straight away but after a while I just think I want to go from the bottom all the way to the top Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Brentford fan, so I always, I, I, oft, I used to choose them quite often, especially when they were crap and they had started a game in Division Three. Then it felt like you were starting from the bottom. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I used, I usually choose teams that are even worse than Brentford if such such a thing existed back in the <laughs> early 2000s. Yeah. One of the uh, the big things about this game is the amount of um, hidden gems, whatever you want to call them, players who are unbelievable in the game. Um, that perhaps weren't in real life or never, you know, aspired to that much compared to what they were, was expected from them in the game. Um, so let, we're just gonna, I've got a list of here that I'd like to, to run through, and uh, you can tell me what you think about these people. So we'll start with Tomadeira, who's of course famous for not being real. Um, <laughs> Alan, where do you stand on Tomadeira? Because there's some people who say, well, he's not real, so I don't sign him out of principle. Um, what's your theory on that? Um, uh, he's in the game. He's real. <laughs> I mean, if you go on that principle, you can't sign anyone, can you, on chat manager? Because no one's got the correct stats. Like, there's a duplicate of players, I think, as well. There's like players with the same age and the same name, same date of birth. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's what why we love it. Those little glitches and little stories about Tom Zero. This gives a bit of romance about it. It absolutely does. You're right, um, Mike. Totally. Do you have any any Tomadeira theories? Or are you? Oh, I just think. I mean, I I agree with uh, Alan that if he's in the game, then he's fair game. You know, I think it's especially if you're a small team. That's the other thing, of course. Like if you know, if you're playing as a very small side, and you manage to sign Toe, yet then it's it's. I don't know. It's it's, it's it's an amazing feeling, isn't it? It's like it's like on the original database of 0102, you can sign Cristiano Ronaldo very easily because he's a 16-year-old on a free transfer. And even though he's garbage, you can sign him in the conference and uh, he will score goals for you, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, you know, it's, it's all... I think it's the reason why you play these games now. You know, a lot of the reason why people play these games now is because of the 
the, the the nostalgia of what you used to love back when you you know 20 years ago and if you loved signing tomadera 20 years ago then if somebody comes up to you in 2020 and says you can't sign him that's cheating <laughs> then I, I think you're kind of missing the point yeah. <laughs> a little bit so yeah i mean i understand people do like tomadera challenges or whatever where they'll play through a whole game and they'll deliberately not sign him in order to not get an advantage that that kind of makes sense but I think if you're a casual player, oh, you just do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Go into the editor and give yourself a billion pounds if you want. Just do whatever <laughs> you know. It's all, it's all it's all about having fun with a game that we all loved 20 years ago, isn't it? Really. Well, that's exactly yeah. it. The editor's uh, actually really useful on this game as well. It's not that hard to use. Um, it's got things like the handyman option as well, so you can suit players up pretty quickly if you, if that's your bag. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a, another useful thing they put in really, which meant people could keep updating the game. Which again, we'll, we'll circle around to later on because, of course, it is still being maintained to this day by the good people at uh, the Champion 102 forum. Yeah. Um, the next player on my list is Cherno Samba. Now, I've, I've spoken to Cherno Samba, I like the guy, um, but I've never, ever, I've never been able to get, get a tune out of him. And yet, I see people who have him pretty much on like a goal a game, over a thousand games. Um, <laughs> Mike, what, do you have any, any, any tips on how to get the best out of Cherno Samba? I think the uh, to, for me, I've, I'm similar boat to you, Dave. To be honest, I've I've only because I only ever play as small teams um, with crap facilities. <laughs> signing signing Cherno, first of all, it's hard because you, because obviously he won't come down from Millwall to the conference, so you have to wait a little while until he can get him. But I think the the way to I've always had a theory that the way the only way you can get the best out of him is to is to ha- be a club that has really good facilities because his stats are pretty terrible at the mm. start, but his but his potential is enormous and if you've got good facilities and good you know good coaches and good training and all that, then he'll develop into an absolute beast who can dominate the whole game. But the problem is that I never am a team that has good facilities, <laughs> and by the time by the time my little tiny conference teams like Staleybridge get up to the you know having top facilities. Cherno's long gone. Um, so I've found the same as you, to be honest. Whenever I've signed him as a young player, I've never been able to develop him. The closest I came was in my the, the most recent write-up series that I did, my Los Coladeros save in Spain, where I signed Cherno. And his uh, stats were amazing for me, but still didn't quite manage to figure out how to get the best out of him. Yeah, I'm starting to think it was just me, but I'm, I'm pleased you're in the same board. Alan, are you uh, are you a fan of Cherno or are you? Uh... Um, like Mike said, I'm more of a lower league manager myself. Mm. So, but then you do get a chance when you get up to like League Two or Division Two or Division One. But then if he hasn't moved on, he's not as good. Yeah. So, yeah, if he stays at Millwall, he doesn't really develop, does he? You don't have them stats. Doesn't play as well. So. The only way you're going to get best out of him if you start as Roma, I think. <laughs> Just try away, build him up. But he was on my uh, one of my first Tottenham saves. He did quite well. So uh, Roma, a, a sick team. They've got far too much talent for for one club. Yeah, <laughs> it's good fun though trying to knock them off their perch. But uh, probably probably not one for the you lower league guys in the uh, in the first few seasons anyway. <laughs> no. Um. The next one on my list is Ibrahim Saeed. Now, again, I never know where to play him best because he's a, he's a centre mid or centre half or a sweeper, I think, but who bothers with a sweeper. Um, Alan, you must know. Where, where's best to play Ibrahim Saeed? Uh, <clears throat> I play him um, defence midfielder or midfielder. Yeah. yeah um, it's just because a bit of OCD, 
his stats aren't good, his marking and tackling mm. aren't great for the centre-back, and that just kind of puts me off. But also, you can, I think you can only have him for a couple of years, then you get some money. He always has a minimum release clause in there as well. So he's quite sneaky with that. Even at a big club, he'll put a minimum release clause in. So Duh. he's always wanted to move on as well. So he's a bit, he's a bit of Nelkerish uh, in that sense. Well, Anelka's a, a man of his own... Uh, his own his own views like he, he does what he wants pretty much you can't <laughs> yeah. kind of stop him yeah he, he's he's good for the game now in Elka. he <laughs> I still sign him if I can get him for four million oh yeah I, I'll still sign him people won't I will it's, pre- it's pretty it's pretty funny it's well he, he, that's it he's very good but uh, you have to laugh like, I think on the network game we were playing um, pre-baby he um he was so he was at Chelsea, who my, one of my friends was managing, and he fell out with the manager as he always does. So he, he sold him to, I think it was First Division Birmingham, um, which again is odd for him to drop down. But he scored something like twenty and twenty-one in the First Division, but was unhappy with his teammates because he was so much better than them all. And this was within like six months of going there, so it's just a nev- it's just a never-ending cycle of misery. Well, one um, one of our followers put up, he signed him. The next day, he wanted to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> so those little glitches like that's brilliant doesn't it <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure Anelka was a, like a unique player in the game I think he's got extra code in him or something because he's so one away like he's the he's got the worst attitude of any player I've ever known in any version of FM or CM <laughs> I think he has been specifically designed for that game with a bad attitude yeah I think because it was around the time he went from Arsenal to Madrid and then PSG, yeah, I think happened? it was, yeah. and that was the time where his brothers were his agents, and yeah, I think that just made him an elk in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, the worst, he's the worst on that. <laughs> uh, it's good fun though. Um, the next one is someone that probably appealed to you both as lower league managers, and that's David Collins of I think it's Radcliffe Town or just you know, Radcliffe somewhere anyway. Um, Mike, is he one of your go-to's? I genuinely have never signed him. I only ever heard of him when I was playing uh, Diamond Geezers. It was the first time anybody had ever... I'd never even heard of him before. I completely passed me by, uh, which is amazing, really, considering how much I've played it. But uh, well, some, somebody said it to me, and I thought they meant David Graham, who is obviously another one that's quite... He's another player that's quite good in the lower divisions. Um but uh, they were saying David Collins, and I was like, I just don't know who that is. And I looked him up, and he just. The problem was that by that by that point, I'd already grown beyond signing. I was already in sort of Division Two and doing well. But I I don't have any I don't have anything to say about. Him. Oh, <laughs> I really wish I did. You're never too. You're, but, um, you're never too big. For I've David never Collins. signed him. I've always been too big for him. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, David, if you're listening. <laughs> Alan, you must have something nice to say about David Collins. Yeah, I think. If you're a conference team, you can sign him, even if you're Hayes or Hereford, who are the worst. If you just get eight grand and, say, 500 a week wages, he'll come to you. He'll get you 40, 50 goals a season. I love him. I always play, I always play him in the hall. Up to, yeah. I think I've even played with, like, as far as Division 1. I think I've, he's done a job for us for I think Norwich, because they start with no money, and I usually yeah. try and get David Collins for you know, 28 grand. Whatever I think he can do a job in the Premiership. You probably could. He's just one of those one of those great guys. Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna let you down. He's not gonna get annoyed that he's a sub. So if you do get Ronaldinho in, 
he's just going to be happy on the bench. Ah, you seem like the type who'd just be happy to learn from Aldini. Just happy to watch him. <laughs> you know, it's just just a great guy to have around the place. Yeah. You um, say like, it costs less than ten grand. So yeah, it's, it's good value. He's worth selling all your players for. When you're compensating just to buy him, that's all you need. So another great guy who uh, I was hoping to go on this podcast at some point, but I think he, I think he's been furloughed, so it's quite hard to get a hold of him. But anyway, yeah. um, Mark Kerr, who's now moved into management himself, sta- oh. started Falkirk. Um, just an absolute legend of the, of this of the game. Yeah, he's. Um... Again, you can pick him up between 500 grand and a million. So if you are a big club, his stats will get better and better. Um, some people don't get a tune out of him. I, I do. I just stick him in the field and just let him play. He's never yeah. he's never let me down. Like I've I've done quite a few no, games, yeah. quite a few games with Scotland, um, and I was annoyed because he got signed by Roma in the first month, which is a great move <laughs> for him. But he barely got any game time, so he wasn't really yeah. improving. But, but eventually they start playing him, which again shows you how good he can be. Um, so that was great. Mike, you must love Mike uh, Marco. Well, I do, I do, but I mean, I do, but a lot of the people that read my stuff don't like him anymore because uh, we lost. Uh, I took Los Coladeros to the Champions League final against Barcelona, and he missed the penalty that caused us to lose. So he's become a bit of a demon in the eyes of a lot of the people that follow my stuff. I get. I get messages from people sometimes saying, "I oh, bloody marker." <laughs> I mean, I love him. I love him. Um, blame the manager for that one. Why is he on penalties? Well, I, uh, the problem is I had a team of rubbish penalty takers. <laughs> I pretty much had one good penalty taker, and I just I just put people in that I thought would wouldn't bottle yeah. it. I was like, "Oh, Mark Marker's not going to bottle anything, is he? He's, he's an absolute." animal he's a beast i think sid lambert on twitter described him in mundial magazine as the dark soulless destroyer of men which is completely is i mean of course you're going to give him a pen if you've got loads of rubbish penalty takers you're going to give one to Kerr. but uh but yeah he i mean i don't blame him it's just funny to hear people but honestly if you stick mark kerr in the middle of a three with free with a free roll or whatever it is i think it's free roll just give him free roll and he'll just he'll just boss every single game He'll just do, he'll do everything right, tackling, you know, finishing, assists, everything. He's got a lot. I think if you're not if he's not playing well for you, then I think if you just stick him on free roll, you'll suddenly realise that he just he can't be tamed. He's a wild beast. He's like a he's like a he's like a uh, a horse in the wild. You can't break him. You just have to let him run, run free through midfield and just destroy other teams. He's yeah. That's, He's amazing. That's very vivid. It's a, it's a, great, it's a, great, it's a great image to have. Um, I was disproportionately annoyed when, um, on one of the few occasions I did play the patch, that he'd been changed to a defensive mid instead of just a, just a central midfielder. It kind of took the shine off him. I was like, I, I don't want. Oh, a, really? I don't want someone to shield the back four. I want someone who's going to be box to box. But maybe that's just me being picky. No, I feel the same. <laughs> well. That's why we don't play the patch version in this house. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, the entirety of Cheltenham Town, like most notably Mike Duff and Jamie Victory. But, <laughs> but it seems like pretty much anyone who, who plays in that Cheltenham shirt has been, you know, given gifts from God as a talent. Um, anyone know why this is? Is this Alan is supposed to come up at some point? Surely. Um, I don't know. I only really know Duff and Victory from Cheltenham Town. So. Well, what about Martin Devaney? He must have done a job for you at some point. I've never heard of him. Oh, goodness me. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's you just go in, get victory, get duff, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just probably probably knock them down a peg or two. Uh, Martin yeah. Martin Devaney is a forward. I want to say left centre. He's just another mm. another one who does a job, no matter where you are. I'll look into him next time. Well, maybe I've, yeah. maybe I've massively overrated him, just in my head. Me too. Maybe I had one good just, season with him. Maybe I did, I. <laughs> Never just off and victory for me too, I'm afraid, Dave. You're on, you're on your own. I'm that one, I'm, well, I'm <laughs> sorry. Well, I mean, I've known Cheltenham to get good regens um, in the past, but as for their um, starting players, I mean, Mike Duff is... Oh, he's phenomenal, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's, he's un, unmissable. I'm sure he'd probably come on the, the show, Dave. If you gave him a shout, uh, I imagine. He's a manager at the moment, isn't he, of Cheltenham? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. he is Cheltenham's manager. You should give him a shout. I, th- I mean, he's a, he's absolutely unbelievable. And there's no way he can't know. He must know of his legend on Champo 102. And uh, I have no idea what happened to Jamie Victory in real life, but he's another one. I mean, just for, for somebody at Cheltenham to have that many 20s, all that can possibly have happened is that whoever was scouting them that season just massively overrated the fullbacks. It has to be. I mean, he might have just had one good game and they scouted for one game. Well, that's it. <laughs> so. I mean, he's the one man who was literally born a winner, so good for him. Um, <laughs> um, we'll finish yeah. with, with everyone's favourite free transfer, uh, Teribo West. Now, it's, yeah. not, it's not that he was unknown, because he obviously played for Inter Milan and Nigeria and you know generally had a pretty good career at this point, but... He starts a game on a free, and every club in the world, no matter how big or small they are, seems to like seems to fancy a piece of him. And whether he goes to Man United or you know like Sivasspor in Turkey, he turns out like nines. There's no like, it's like he has no standards, but it's but it's really really good. Like, it, it's it's almost inexplicable. I think it's where it gives him the most money. Well, so if you are trying to sign him, just whack all the wages you can on him, because he he uh, he will go somewhere random. Even if you're a top club, he's yeah. Uh, he's just, he is Mister Reliable, isn't he? Like I don't think I've ever seen him get less than a seven. It's just yeah. constant, uh, constant great games. The only thing I don't like about him is he's a uh, what defender less central, but he's right footed. It it, it it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not right. But it's like why is Maldini's strength one? Is it? Yes. Yeah. It, it's... Yeah. He doesn't need it though, does he? Well, it's like they went, oh, we'll give him twenty for everything except uh, I don't know <laughs> strength. Yeah, well, I'll do. <laughs> I, was, like, I was expecting to find like a YouTube compilation, like all these times of Maldini has been pushed over by like gusts of wind and things, but there's just I mean, <laughs> obviously nothing of the sort. So uh, that's just one of life's many mysteries. Um, yeah. I said that would be my last one, but I'm, I'm going to do a little segue here into what people are calling the the thousand goal challenge, and people seem to use um, maximum. I'm going to say Sigalko. I'm not sure what the... Yeah, Sigalko. My Belarusian is not what it used to be. But um, he seems to be the chosen one for these these thousand goal challenges. Uh, And people use a thing called Wibwob, which I believe is with ball and without ball tactics. Someone will know better than me. Yeah, I've I've never touched it. I think you can move the ball to part of a pitch on your tactics and then place a player where you want him to be where the ball is. Like where... That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I've always just like I always just put put the little square in the middle and being like, well, I want my players to be in the middle of the pitch. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it's I, gen- too I, for me. I genuinely only found out 
properly what Wibwob was about a week ago. People have people have said it to me, you know, written comments and tweeted at me and stuff, emailed me even with his... T- I, I genuinely didn't know what Wibwob meant. And when you Google it, it doesn't give you much information. So I was like, well, I'll just forget it. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's that you, you tell your players to be in really specific places. But I, I don't want to call anybody out specifically, and I'll probably get a lot of flack for this. But I think some people who post records of Segalco scoring 70 goals a season I'm pretty sure they're doing the man mark the goalkeeper thing as well um which is something else that I've heard uh works um I can't believe you don't just get caught offside 50 times a game but you do. I've heard that uh, if you man mark the keeper that you your strikers are at least you know guaranteed to get a couple of tap-ins a game um so I've always suspected that that might be going on when people are like, look, I've got Segalco scoring, you know, 80 goals a season. I just, I'm like, really? He's not that good. He's never been that good for me. And I've tried him in every possible, you know, formation and strat- set of strategies that I can think of. He's never been that good for me. So I always wonder something fishy is going well, on. Possibly. Alan, what, what do you think? Do you say he gets caught offside a lot if you do the old man marking or is it? Uh... Yeah, I've, I've done a test with it and uh, it, it... It's just frustrating. Like, and there, what did, how can people do it? And you got to do it before and when the game. You got so you got to go into the game first, and go to your tactics in the game to then man mark the keeper. It's just like a lot of effort for each game. Yeah, that is quite a bit of effort. As a might say, I've never really got too much out of him. I've never got seventy eighty without man marking the keeper. Or being in the Dutch league, you can do it in the Dutch league. Oh, it has gone yeah. out for me once in the Dutch league. I've seen uh, obviously lost footballs. I think it is who've done the the thousand goal challenge. Which I mean, I, I can understand if they're setting out purposely to get a thousand goals. You'd probably try and flout the system, so to speak. So you know, I'm, I think that's fair enough. But uh, I think I'm just crap at this game because I, all my goals, <laughs> all my goals come from midfielders pretty much. Like I, I, I go through strikers like nothing on earth, but. Attacking midfielders and probably centre mids get most of my goals. Um, I think um, there's a thing where the the two key positions in the game is attacking midfielder and defence midfielder. Hmm. So you always have to play with them two. So what I do, as and strikers play better by themselves. Oh, right. What I've kind of done now is to have two attacking midfielders and one striker. That may be the future then. Maybe that's yeah. going wrong. It's only taken 19 years to get this conclusion, but <laughs> never mind. It's, it yeah. still might not be right, I don't know. So. No, I mean, I think there's probably a school of thought where if, as long as you've got the right players, it doesn't really matter what formation you're playing. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Man United win everything every season with a 4-4-2. I mean, <laughs> I realise they're com- controlled by the computer, but even <sighs> still, you can obviously you can obviously do a lot of damage with just a 4-4-2 as well. Um, yeah. Four one three two is my favourite. I don't play with an attacking midfielder, but actually, what happened on the on the on the uh, the patch, the six eight patch, Sigalco has changed from a striker to a centre, a forward centre rather than a striker centre. So you can oh. play him in behind. And I played Sigalco for a, a good part of a season. I played Sigalco in behind a, a central striker. I can't remember who it was, um, but playing just off the defence where no one knows how to mark him, he was much better there in the patch version I found mm. but again you know if everybody's tactics are t- totally different it depends how you set your team up doesn't it well completely yeah I mean I think that's why I enjoyed the network game I did for 
so much because we had four of us playing totally different tactics um, with totally variable results, which yeah. you, you, you don't always get that in a, in a standard game, as you say. That, you know, once someone like Man United gets ahead of steam, so it's just the rich getting richer. Um, oh, yeah. And it's quite difficult to stop, but when there was, you know, four variables in there, it made things very interesting. Um, and obviously there was a scrum for all the main players, but that was part of the fun. Um, so you mentioned the, the patch there. Um, which patch was it that had the, was like the dawn of the Super Greeks? Was that nine, was that 6-8 or was that a different? Yeah. yeah. It was 6-8, yeah. Yeah, so Alan, do you ever bother with the patch or are you purely out the uh, Never done it. I think I might have done it when it first came out yeah. 18 years ago. And yeah, I don't know. I just didn't get into it. I think because uh, Toby Deer wasn't on it. So I thought, oh, <laughs> I can't do this. So I went, just went back. Yeah. So Mike, what would you say were the main differences other than the odd positional switch? Oh, I mean, the players are completely different. Um and at, at totally different clubs and you know that well the the, the six eight patch is updated to, got pe- to to have players at their correct clubs i mean going back to ronaldo he's a really promising 16 year old in sportings uh b team or or whatever it is they're under 18s or their b team uh and so he's much less much less gettable and they've also it's funny because they've made some players attributes a little bit more quote-unquote realistic whereas others are completely unrealistic like the super greeks are a great example you know because all of the the super greeks that i've encountered like skeletus and papadopoulos and tobros and all of that lot secretus um they don't even exist on the original database yeah. so i think between between releasing the original game and releasing the patch they must have hired a greek <laughs> Uh, scout who then said oh you've missed all of these amazing players that have got 20s in all these key positions uh, or in all these key attributes so they're they're very different i did the original database for diamond geezers by the way original database is the is my favorite i mean it's the it's the it's the way you probably if you're going to say you should play it a particular way for the purists i think the original database is better uh it's more like what the, the original experience but i decided for Los Coladeros. I would use the I would use the patch version for two reasons. One, because it was a bit more stable on my machine. The, the original one crashed every now and again, which is a bit frustrating. But also because I didn't want I wanted to play a game with a different database because you know I had just I had just spent like nine months writing a series based on the original, and I thought well when I restart it would be better to to not know what's going on and to have completely different players and not be able to fall back on the players that I signed in the last one. So that was why I patched it. But I don't know. I mean, they've, they've both got their pluses and minuses, but the loss of Tomadira, I mean, RIP <laughs> Tomadira in six, eight patch, a great loss. Yeah. yeah but it was just replaced by Skelidus really, wasn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you lose toe, but then you can pick up, you know, you can pick up these ridiculous Greeks that are like 16 years old and they cost you 50 grand. And, they're already the best players in the world. You just you just have to send them out and just press play, and Skelidus like is tried, ridiculous. It's like they tried to make it like fix all that, like Sislago and Madeira, but then they just brought a load of Greeks in. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. They they fixed it on one side, but then there was a sneaky Greek scout who was just messing everything up. I like to think I'm sitting there going, well, we'll never get fooled again by a scout, and there's Greek kids just <laughs> yeah. sat in the background, just plug it, plugging in yeah. all these amazing yeah. players. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 
Uh, so, Mike, you mentioned Diamond Gazers there, so we may as well just talk about that for a couple of minutes while we're here. Um, Diamond Gazers ran on, well, I've certainly found it on Football 365, which was incredible. Yeah, it's um, nice to see the two worlds colliding, if you like, of you know the real world and uh, our other big passion, which is you know champ manager. So, how did that all come about? I mean, really, all it, it was it was pretty. It all just happened kind of in one afternoon, I suppose. Um, I was on Twitter. I follow Mundial mag which i'm sure you guys do too mm-hmm. um amazing magazine um this and i was i was uh they posted i mean they just did they just they did, did one of those classic twitter things where they just posted a screenshot of somebody i don't even know who it was it might have been mark kerr it might have been a link to sid lambert's article about mark kerr I, I don't remember but it just caused this i saw it and it just the comments was so alive like it was the most lively comment section under a mundial tweet that i'd ever seen (laughs) of people just reminiscing about how brilliant the games were and at that point i hadn't played any of the old champ managers for a long time uh like you know a decade or more and i had these conversations about andrew sig thorson who's one of my probably my favorite champ manager player of all time um people talking about um yeah the ones that you've mentioned like taribo west and mark kerr and you know, all of the other, you know, or Cherno and, and Tonton Zola Makoko, you know, the, the, the thinking man's attacking midfielder. <laughs> uh, and Ibrahima Bakayoko, who was amazing on, I think it was 97, 98, was, that he yeah. was just was. unplayable on. So there was all of this chat and it just, it just made me really want to play the game again. And also the other thing was that a couple of years earlier, I'd read uh, fr- cover to cover, I'd read Ian McIntosh's Everton project, mm. uh, which I'm sure you guys have encountered on yep. the set pieces absolutely incredible hilarious series by a genius of a football writer um who is just an um, just a just a just incredibly funny man so anyway i really missed that series when he decided to stop doing everton and he tried to do he did a couple of others that he started and i kind of didn't really reach the same heights and then he sort of stopped writing because i think it was just taking over his life (laughs) as we can all attest to so i think he, he stopped doing that and it had been about two years since that had finished and I really missed it. And so I just sort of thought maybe I could do something similar. Um, you know, I, I have a journalism degree. I have a sort of writing background, I guess. I've always wanted to do that sort of thing. So I pretty much just loaded up the game and chose Rushton and Diamonds, as you do, um, because they start in Division 3 with about six million quid or whatever <laughs> in the bank. So they seemed like they seemed like a fun choice to be able to sign you know, Alexander Farnerud and all of that lot. Um, Jonas Lunden and all of, all, you know, all of the mega Swedes or whatever you want to call them from the original one. And I, I just wrote the first two episodes and I just sent it. I pretty much, I just sent it to them. It was a Saturday. I sent it to them and I got an email back on Monday, on the Monday morning that just said, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll run it and see how it goes. So that was, yeah, so that was, so that was that. And we, we ran it for a while and then, um, the, it was decided. It was. It's quite a long story, but they basically decided to discontinue it as the is the short version, which is which was fine. Um, and I carried on doing it on my medium oh, account right. until until the until unfortunately the save games. Well, my entire laptop corrupted one day. It wasn't even that I lost the save games. Oh, a, <laughs> my whole laptop just a, went uh, went up in flames. Yeah, yeah it's, it's never nice losing a save, but um, when you're blogging it as well, you think, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh... I had, luckily I'd been writing it all on Google Drive, so I didn't lose, 
the writing, but of course I lost all of the yeah. saves and I, you know, and all the screenshots and everything. So yeah, that was. But uh, fortunately, we'd at least got to the end of the season when it all happened, so it didn't just suddenly stop. It did stop at a, a sort of sensible point. Um, but yeah, so that was that was that. It was really great fun. Amazing supportive community erupted around me. Uh, most of whom I'm still in touch with now. So it's yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. And how many? And I should say thank you to Alan as well for being supportive during that time because you you put, retweeted and liked and commented on a lot of my posts, Alan. So I appreciate that. No worries. Yeah, Alan, that's actually a nice little segue over to your account because the CM one or two legends account it it does so much. Um, not just as uh, in terms of you know keeping a one or two alive, but you do as as Mike says do a lot of uh, promoting in and around the community which is very much appreciated um what was uh, what was it that you first did that kind of got you on the radar because we've all you know whenever you start a twitter account obviously we've all been in the position where you set up and you've got pretty much zero followers do you remember yeah, what you did yeah I started, yeah i started it um say about three and a half years ago and the original idea was to get all the legends edited into haze so about 50 of the best, or not best players, but 50 icons, legends, put them in the team and see if they can go all the way up to the Champions League. Um, I had no idea how to stream, complete <laughs> <laughs> novice. So what I what I had to do was put my laptop on the bed. I bought a iPhone tripod <laughs> and then just filmed it off my phone onto the screen. It looked really dodgy when my wife walked in. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just did a game at night. And the original idea was we voted, or the, probably only had about 100 followers then. So they voted who was start, what formation. So there's a whole big community. Thing. Well, not big community then, but it did start to grow. But like um, Mike said, it, it crashed. <laughs> so we got to, like, Division 2 very easily. And then... I couldn't play the original database what, because I edited it. So I tried to do something and it all just crashed. So I weren't playing the game myself. So I got a bit of noise and then oh, man. somehow it crashed. But I might look into doing it again one day. But yeah, we've, all, we've done lots. we set up a Super League where 14 real-life managers play against each other in an edited league in Australia. Um, we started a dodgy Barnets, but it got too much. Um, but Russell now is doing a network game with his mate. So Russell Boyston network game. Check it out. Most evenings now in lockdown, and also just touch on lockdown. That so many more champ related accounts popped up, which is amazing. All doing their own themes, all doing their own saves, their own challenges, and I'd say about a good five to ten streaming them as well each night. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean. There's probably more or one or two new accounts than there are 9798. Um, I must have seen maybe 10 to 15 9798 accounts set up over the last couple of months. There's probably mm-hmm. double or triple that in, in a one or two. And as you say, they're all um, involved in streaming or there was the race, which was very enjoyable. To yes, the race. Off. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, all the stuff you've been doing, Al, with the... Uh, what was the... Um, the challenge thing that started where you had the two divisions I can't, you, had a, you had a catchy name oh yeah we, we tried to make um, a bit like the Super League but but um, put we tried to get teams you can't actually control into a league which you actually can if you put them into a league right. but you can control so we had Shakhtar uh, 
in the Shakhtar Donetsk with Aguawa yeah. and uh, the team Sisiago uh, plays for. I can't remember the name now, but their yeah, team was in as well. So yeah, we looked yeah. to see if they could compete against the mid-range, like Champions League teams like Ajax, PSV, Rangers, Celtic. So it got off to a good start, but it got too much for us to do. As you know, I've got a little boy as well, so it's like finding that time, like 11 o'clock at night, trying to stream, trying to be... yeah. Like entertaining, it's hard work. <laughs> oh, no. Again, might be visit it. It's still there, so who knows? Well, that's it. you've got to try these things, haven't you? That's uh, yeah. you say you had some had some fun doing it, but unfortunately, as you as you'll know, as I found out, not every idea sticks, and it's just a matter of finding ones that you can you can manage. Especially we've both become parents the last couple of years, it uh, didn't get any easier to find uh, to find time to do these sort of things. So yeah, I think we mm. keep forgetting we're not twenty-year-old students with loads of time. <laughs> <laughs> we've got families we've got proper jobs it, so all these ideas I have it's like oh that's not going to work so uh, we, need, we need a lot a we definitely need a lot yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that yeah well get in the queue <laughs> um, alright gents we're almost coming towards the end of uh, our little chat here um, Alan, I just want to mention there because uh, we actually got Martin from the, the Super League on uh, shortly um, are you still involved with the Super League, or was that just something you helped set up and then kind of left to the left them to it? Um, yeah, well, I set it up as like my idea. Um, and I set it up before, or while my wife was pregnant. So and then we moved, had the baby. It's like it's just got too much for me. So it's still going strong. Um, still full team managers battling it out. Video, blogs, all sorts, banter. Huh. All uh, safe banter, so no one really, really ribbing each other. So it's all good, all good fun. <laughs> oh, good, so, so yeah, Martin, Martin and Russell took it over from me. Then Russell passed it on to Martin. So it, it's evolved each time. Again, I did it silently because I didn't know I was doing <laughs> it. The wife was watching EastEnders, so I just press play. Then Russell then went into commentary, and then it's just going on from there. Great stuff. So. Martin will be along shortly to uh, to give us the the current breakdown of the Super League. But um, before we hand over to uh, to Martin, um, Mike, where can uh, people find you on Twitter should they want to have a look at what you're up to? Oh, I'm at Mike Paul Vox because I I, I don't have a real job or a family, so I'm a <laughs> I'm a voice actor, uh, and so you can find me on all things uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. If you want to watch me streaming Football Manager most days. Uh, I'm at Mike Paul Vox for everything. Brilliant. And what do you? Uh, I know you said you're doing Football Manager um, 12, did you say? But what, what is that? Russian Diamonds again? Do you say, or is it someone? Yeah. Different? So I, I I chose when I decided to go onto Twitch. You know, I I was the Twitch equivalent of starting the new account during lockdown because you weren't sure what else to do with your time. <laughs> um, and I was going to stream Champo 102, but a lot of people were doing that, and I didn't want to ch- stream Football Manager 20 because. Well, partly because I didn't own it, but also because <laughs> I, I, I prefer, I just prefer older games. I just prefer mm. football from the past. <laughs> so um, I just, I, you know, my after Rustin and Diamonds, the save that I lost, I, I was reading about AFC Rush, <coughs> of Rustin and discovered that they were formed in 2011. And FM12, the first season is the 11-12 season. So I created AFC Rustin and Diamonds in the editor because they didn't exist in the game at the time. And so I'm going through with AFC Ruston, but I also did a, I did a 24 hour stream for charity a couple of, uh, for the club actually, I was raising money for the real AFC Ruston. 
um, who were who were in a lot of financial trouble. Thankfully, they're not anymore. Um, and on that 24-hour stream, I spent about four or five hours playing Champ Manager 102, and I did a challenge that I created. I, I'm sure it's copying someone, but if if this is copying, then apologies because I don't know. Uh, I called it ra- I called it Race to the Bottom, and the challenge is to try to get relegated as many times as possible without losing your job. Wow. <laughs> um, so so rather rather than trying to go all the way to the top, I'm currently on that trying to take Everton as far down the leagues as I possibly can without being fired. Um, I've discovered that the, the the objective is to have a really good squad so that you can do well in the cups, which keeps the fans and the board happy. But then just tanking in the league uh, seems to go quite well. It's it's quite it's it's actually a really unique challenge to try not to get sacked, but yet to try to finish as low as possible. Um, so that was quite good fun, and I'll be I'll be starting that up again at some point the next time I go on for a long stream. So I'll let everybody know. That sounds good. Yeah, I don't think I've heard anyone doing that before. Fun. So. Well, if you are copying, then it's unique to me. So <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all that matters. Um, Alan, uh, where can people find you? Um, just on uh, at CM0102Legends. And what, uh, what's going on at the moment? I know, obviously, you've just sort of between challenges, but is there anything on the horizon? Um, for me, not in a minute. Um, I haven't got much time at the minute. So. No um, I was thinking, because there's a lot of talk about regens and i think i only found this out probably about a year ago myself that the regen so if you've got david beckham he basically comes back again as a different name yes i i personally thought it was all different it's just like read new new stats completely new player so what i'm going to try and do is see how many youth players come through the youth system if you get any of the big regens Mm. So try it out. Maybe have five managers and one Roma, one Hereford, one Coventry, and see who gets the most or if any at all. So there's a big talking point at the minute. I put a post up the other day, so that's quite interesting. It is um, a strange one because youth players in a one or two they're not that common. Um, certainly not for me. Again, maybe I'm just terrible with bringing youth through, but you get you get maybe two or three a year if you're lucky. Certainly for my experience. I think it also de- um, depends on the size of your squad. So if you're, you've got 40 players, mm. you don't need to be up youth. But when I find if I release a load of players, the board bring players in, youth players. So not great, mm. but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, Mike, you actually wrote a, I wouldn't say a definitive guide, but certainly like a, almost like a cheat sheet of good tips for one or two. Where can people find that? Oh yeah, that's on that's on my Medium account. It's, I, first of all, thank you, Dave, for for mentioning that. that's very kind of you. Um, it's definitely not a be all and end all guide to Champ Manager One Hundred and Two. It was never really meant to be because so many people have written so many amazing and far more comprehensive guides than I ever could. It was just that through my playing through of the the game on both the, the unpatched and the patched version for Diamond Geezers and Los Coladeros, there was there were a bunch of things that I found that I've never seen written anywhere, um, but they seem to ring true, including a few players that were absolutely legendary for me. Um, and I'm delighted to say that a, a couple of, including Sergio Sestello, my goodness, what a player. Um, a couple of people signed him based on my, based on my blogs. And they were like, this guy looks shit. 
and uh, they signed they signed him and he was amazing for them as well i got one, i've got one guy i can't remember his name unfortunately on twitter who regularly updates me about how well he's doing <laughs> he take he takes sergio Estelos at every club he manages and he's still scoring in the champions league it's incredible um but yeah that's that's on my medium account but i think the easiest way to find it actually is if you if you just google if you're in the uk if you just google cmo 102 hints and tips i think i'm the top result uh, on google uk so i think that's probably the easiest way to find it yeah that would do it i mean i, I certainly know about it because I, I get at least three or four people end up on my blog from that page every day and, and the stats always tells you where they've come from and it always oh yeah medium and uh your little name thing on there so i know people are still visiting it so that's good <laughs> yeah Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the plug, Dave. No, Much appreciated. No, no problem. Uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention um, our sister site, which is CM or One or Two Blogs. Um, this was set up by myself and and uh, Ross Jacobs, who made it was Ridley eighty two. Um, we launched it. We had a few saves each, and then we both got very very busy. So it's still there. Uh, you can. The moment the only save we've got running there is from our good friend Zach uh, at Cornish Zach on Twitter. Uh, he's made Manchester United um, or Newton Heath reunited or whatever he's called them but basically he's playing a modern day database and trying to recollect a load of sort of Man United youth cast-offs uh, he writes in such an entertaining manner I enjoy it every week when he comes in I have to edit it to get it on there but it's, uh, it's a great read so check that out if you're at loose end um, gentlemen thank you both so much for your time it's, uh, it's been really good talking to you and reminiscing about this great game cheers, cheers Dave it's been good you're very, very welcome, Dave. And anybody that's listening, if you haven't read The Retirement Home, go check out The Retirement Home. I, I shout out The Retirement Home constantly <laughs> it's, uh, uh, on my on my tw- on my Twitch because I love it. So uh, sorry, you have to make sure. Very kind of you to give us a, a plug for that. At, uh, oh, it's brilliant. You've got about six weeks to get caught up with it all, and then it's come back for more, oh, oh, yes. season eleven or something. It's uh, it's uh, it's great fun, but. God, it's hard work. <laughs> I, I just, I love, I love the theory and the idea and the fact that the players are just, they're just usually running around with one leg broken or, you know, it's, it's just, I can just imagine them just with, you know, no cartilage left in their bodies, just scrambling around trying to get results. It just makes, it just makes me very happy. It's a great it's read. A champ version of Harry's Heroes. Basically, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, but with yeah. slightly more addiction, uh, and that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shouldn't laugh, right? Thank you both very much, and uh, I'll speak to you both soon. Okay, so uh, Ross has joined me now for the second part of this podcast. Ross, how are you, sir? Hello, good. Yeah, I'm feeling much better than I was for the. Uh, sorry to miss the first part of the podcast, but yeah, I'm back. That's all right. I mean, with, with the wonders of, uh, of how we'll piece this together, people will think you just nipped off a bit while I had the first bit of the chat, and, <laughs> and now you've come back for, 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 for miracle for, of for, modern podcast for, for our next guest. So, uh, yeah. speaking of which, um, we have got Mr. Martin Peterson on to talk about the CM One or Two Super League. So, Martin, how are you, sir? I'm um, very good, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you for coming on. We uh, we're uh, we're very curious to get a bit more information about the Super League because it uh, it really is one of a kind as far as as far as I can see anyway among, amongst certainly the Chapman community, if not the football manager community. Um, before we get into all that though, let's do our usual with uh, with any new guest. We'd like to know when your history with the game all started. When when was the first time you you played Champ Manager? 
Yeah, so uh, I was going to say, fortunately enough, I was I was there from the beginning. It depends on uh, on how much you appreciate your your age and your experience. So I'm in my early my early forties. So uh, so I was there from the beginning. I mean, the the first Chapman game I had was uh, it must have been the ninety three ninety four. I think they were the the first one I remember. I wasn't yeah. hugely into it at that stage. That kind of came a little bit later, sort of with the ninety seven ninety eight version, yeah. which which sort of coincided with me attempting to go to university and failing badly. <laughs> <laughs> Not just because of, uh, of of championship manager, but 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 partially so. Um, and then I kind of just stuck with it uh, pretty much ever since. There's obviously been breaks, etc. But but I would say that that I really kind of got into it in um, for the 0102 version, which is which is the one that that is that I've stuck with or that I've played kind of ever since. I mean, I do have most of the the, the previous versions on CD. Even I was living in Denmark at the time. Obviously, I'm from Denmark originally, and I I have some of the uh, the, the the original because you remember you had to buy them as like expansion packs almost. It was yes. like yeah. you wanted a, a new league, you had to go and buy it. So I had to buy the Scandinavian. One and, and these kind of things. So, uh, so yeah, started with the early versions, uh, 93, 94, progressed to 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 97, 98, which which I remember uh, vividly playing a lot, and then ultimately settled on uh, on 0102. Um, so that's that's the Chapman part of it, and and of course I've I've had I've dabbled a little bit of Football Manager as well, but uh, but that's uh, limited, I think. <laughs> Seeing as you as you've brought it up there, and it's kind of my, my special subject, Chapman 97, 98. With you being from Denmark, did you have the the Scandinavian version, or did you have the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's still in it's still in my uh, it's it's still in uh, mint condition in uh, in my parents' loft with the uh, <laughs> with the book, and they came with a fold out book with the poster as well, with uh, with like hits and tips or something like. That. It's a big big thing, like A two or something like that, well, like a fold out poster as well. It's very very nice. <laughs> we we got shortchanged over here. We got none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always fascinating to just listen about other other versions of the game that uh, obviously got released worldwide. So that was a nice little nugget for me there. But uh, yeah, so um, obviously you said that you settled on one or two. Uh, what do you think s- sets that apart from the rest of the series? I mean, for me, it's it it's quite interesting, and it's a topic that's been explored, I would say, quite extensively over the years, both within the community and also, like, you know, it pops up in various magazine articles, and there's although always the, the kind of Cherno Samba thing going around, and there's always people mention it to, to some degree or another. There's been books and TED Talks and, and what have you around it over the years, but it's, it's really for... for Having played both previous versions and dabbled in the future versions, it's really that kind of um, the balance between the complexity and the simplicity. So by the complexity, the number of playable leagues, 26 in the original version, 27 in the in the 0.68 update, and, and 170,000 players and staff. And it, from that perspective, very, very complex with all the options you could dream of, you could manage everywhere pretty much um but still with the simplicity of the of the old user interface so you have that kind of um yeah ease of access that you can you can you can easily you can pick it up and you can take over a team and and quickly you're into to actually playing and yeah. and for those people who 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 are of a certain age you know the the names are still familiar um some people would like to maybe go back further or whatever but but this is like the, the from the time when when football became really became global, yeah. And you were aware of people like that. I in, in 92, 93, 94, the the football games were out there. I'd never heard of any of these guys unless they played for the national team or or something like that. You know, pre-internet days, mm. you weren't aware of all of this. So so I think it's kind of a a bit of a perfect storm that you know all of these 
exotic players and teams that you'd heard about or seen on the internet maybe all of a sudden became available um with all the playable leagues etc and i think that's 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 definitely part of of where the initial kind of attraction and why it was so popular at the time with regards to longevity then i mean then you can discuss because <laughs> you know what 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 causes that but but definitely that's that, that that was i think key to the to the game's initial success and so something we discussed quite extensively in the first part of the pod here was uh whether you'd play the the out the box version or the patched version do you have a do you have a preference are you a, a an original yeah, player so I play the I play the patch version, um, and and the the long and short of it is that I had um, I actually moved. So when the game came out was just around the time when I moved from Denmark to the UK, and I didn't have a computer, I didn't have money, I didn't have really anything when when I first came over here. I had a I had a job and a and a small rented flat, and that was about it. And it was about a year before I kind of got my stuff together and got a a computer again and, and started playing. I still couldn't. I mean. It's free to download now, so I'm sure they won't mind. And I have bought a copy, but I just download. I just downloaded a version. Yeah, I just went on <laughs> on some kind of the torrent websites or whatever, and just downloaded it. And the version I downloaded came with the um, uh, 3.9.68 patch uh, pre-installed and a no CD crack applied to it, so you could just run the exe file, and that was it. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so, so that's what that's the that's the exact version, the exact downloaded version I played up until. April last year probably when I finally gave in and, and bought the game so uh, so yeah patched three point uh, three point nine point six eight definitely all the way for me and that, that means you grew up in a world without Tomadera. I mean that's uh... absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was it was just a rumor so someone I'd heard about he wasn't he wasn't actually in uh, in my game but but you know people also play the games in 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 various ways and part of the thing that also made the game so popular at the time was the thriving community they had on their SI games. So on the like on the on on the publisher's website, yeah, there was various forums and you know people discussed everything from tactics to uh, the best player guides to the weather to to literally <laughs> everything. And um, and yeah, I think that's I mean that that was also part of the attraction that you could interact on on so many levels with so many different people over something that that you had in common. And and for me, part of it was the the, the lower league managers community. So it was kind of like players or, or gamers that played the game. As, you know, as true to being a real football manager as possible. So you would start in the lowest leagues. You would never buy all the star players. You had to like use scouts to find talent and and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was more about the playing the game in a certain way. So I had no need for for Tomadera or Maxim <laughs> Tigalco or or any of these chaps anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or were you Ross? Were you a uh, out the box specialist, or did you prefer the the patch? I think it was out of the box. Yeah. This the version that I had to see Mo One Hundred Two blew up in my disk drive oh no it it started to spin so fast that it just shattered the disk inside the drive <laughs> and my dreams along with it because i was halfway for a really big old save and I just think well, well i need to download a, a crack for it now don't i because i haven't got a disk anymore <laughs> yeah it, um it's the only thing that lets this game down for me is that it's, well i guess this is probably why they patched it but it was quite flimsy like it, you'd get a crash out of nowhere um mm. and i felt like if if you changed anything, if you dare to change anything in the editor, you were always kind of walking on eggshells from that moment on. In the t- yeah, risking. Yeah. yeah, if you if you go on, I mean, you can see it on some of the people now. And if 
for anyone who follows the community, if you follow this kind of journeyman kind of stories that are going uh, along, or people who do these kind of longer 40, 50, 60 season saves or or even longer, um, they will like report that, oh, uh, the Asian Cup Winners' Cup disappeared in 2003 and, you know, <laughs> the tournament's just dropping out from, from memory and then, and then you get these kind of errors that, that kind of pop up and and I mean, it it doesn't, I mean, unplayable is a, is a very strong word and, and I definitely don't think it is unplayable, but it is there 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 is less of that in the newer versions and the newer mm. version in my experience the the 3.9.68 i don't know if it's if 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 it's you know perception or confirmation bias or whatever the rules are for it but it appears that also if you do start to use the editor then there are less stability issues or crashes or you know competition failures or things like that um if mm. if you if you make those changes in there in 0.68 rather than in the the original version but i mean i have no evidence to back this up <laughs> <laughs> as anecdotal purely anecdotal <laughs> well you mentioned editing things and as far as i can see you've done a hell of a job editing the, the super league together so if anyone who doesn't know can you just give a, a kind of an overview of what the super league is and how it came about yeah, so in very simple terms, um, anyone else old enough to remember play by mail, uh, where basically you'd, yes. uh, <laughs> you'd send away, you know, your team lineup and stuff, and then things would happen that would be a bit of a mystery to you, and then you'd get something back on the post on like the Monday or Tuesday with your yeah. result and and whatever. That is basically what this is, with That's the added. Manager. <laughs> so that is basically what the Super League is with the added benefit of you being able to watch the games being played live and you have a little bit more interaction because you know uh, you don't have to communicate by post anymore you can actually just like tweet me or or, or send me a WhatsApp or, or whatever um you know so so it is a little bit more uh, interactive but that is that is the premise for it the, the basic premise for it so it's based on the Australian league it's it's, it's entirely edited within um Champions Manager 102 in the original database um the Australian uh, league has basically been replaced by um, sort of custom teams, so custom team names, colors, um, the squads are all um, basically all the best players. The 336 best players, I think we landed on. I think we we took maybe a little bit more just in case and changed all of them. Yeah, changed their contracts so they never run out because otherwise they wouldn't stay in Australia. <laughs> uh, we changed, you know, we changed the reputation of all the leagues in the world so that they're, so they're not as attractive for the players to leave, etc., etc. So a bunch of database changes. Um, this is in in the current version of it. It wasn't exactly like that in the in the previous iterations of it, but I'll touch on that quickly uh, later on. So so that is what it currently is. It's 14 custom teams with with the be- the highest rated, the best players. Um, they went in a big hat, and then there was a draft, and people like got players signed and then they could kind of swap them around and then every uh, every every sunday night we we play a game and every monday i send out a, a couple of screenshots from the game to all the managers and then they set their teams and they send it back to me or email me their their tct files or their tactic files and then um, i put it all into the <laughs> into the game um with using like the hot seat feature a uh, feature in the game uh, with the 14 uh, different managers and um and then we just have a show every sunday where where one or two of the managers usually phone in on skype and uh, we broadcast it live on, on live on YouTube, and we we comment on the on the games, and um, as if it was actual football. Nice. That's it in a that's it in a nutshell. What what we actually do, and of course the the, the you know the, it's all there. So if anyone wants to go in and 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 see what it's all about, watch previous games or whatever, then uh, the CMO one or two Super League has a or SL has a uh, a YouTube channel that uh, that you can check out. But that's the that's the structure of it. 
of uh, of the Super League itself. I don't know if that does that make sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's that's good. And as you mentioned, I'm not sure if there is anything else exactly like it. I did a little bit of research. There's a bunch of like play by mail stuff and there are people doing network games and things like that, but actually a full league of 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 you know human managed teams mm. broadcast live. I'm I'm not entirely sure. But I can't take all the credit for it. it wasn't me who, who, who started it. Um you already mentioned um or you mentioned Alan anyway. Um and uh and he's the original chairman. So it's his, it's his, it's his brainchild. Yeah, it, it, it comes from back in uh, the competition itself started back in 2016. Um, originally, it was much closer to its like play-by-mail routes than than what you can see today. Uh, there were 14 squads that that he, he basically just created. Um, managers were recruited via via Twitter. They didn't have much input in it. Um, they had 16 players assigned to them based on the 4-4-2 formation. Uh, there was no transfers. There was no manager interaction, really, apart from selecting the, the team. Um, the games were still broadcast on, I think, Periscope or something like that. Um, and it was basically just Alan showing the games without any kind of commentary or anything like that. Um, just quickly running through the game so that, that people could kind of see what happened um, in the actual games. Um, I think the first season kicked off in, in 2017. I think they saw, what, yeah, more than three years ago now, they, they had the first season. Because it takes a while, yeah. You only play every Sunday. It's almost like real football, and there's more than thirty rounds in a season. So, so it so it does take quite a, a while to go uh, to go through it all. Um, yeah, and then it just continued to grow from there. Got into to season two. Um, the first kind of real change in in the game was in 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 season three when the when Alan, the original chairman, is uh, he he resigned. He didn't have time for it anymore. Family commitments or whatever. And one of the managers, uh, Russell Boyce, who's been doing. He he's another sort of content creator. He's been doing. Um, he was part of that the rivals thing that was launched uh, a while ago, and he does like some other kind of like CM streaming, but just individual games or, or small network games at the moment. Um, he still does that. He did it for about a year and a half um, until the end of season four, when when he for for, <laughs> for personal reasons uh, also had to, to kind of give it up. And and then I, as a manager, I'd only been in it for for a couple of months. I went, well, I'll I'll give it a bash. Why not? Um, and um, and yeah, basically, uh, it 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 hadn't gone stale. But as the players get older, and th- that's the only thing about it, it doesn't really renew itself because you're kind of limited to the players you dump in there in the start. So when they start, when Batistuta retires, and you know, there's there's no sort of genuine. Uh, obvious replacement for it um mm. so basically for season uh five it would be would that be right season five i think yeah um i recreated the whole thing from scratch basically um to uh to to give it a bit of a you know a fresh lease of life and um and yeah. then i've been been kind of running it ever since had to invite in you know get a couple of new managers in because people do come and go yeah we had like three or four new managers last season um to the season before that and sometimes people leave in the middle of the season they they lose interest or you know they for whatever reason they they just don't want to want to do it anymore so uh, so yeah it's been uh, it's so that's kind of the the ride that we're on with uh, with the super league how long did it uh, take you to put that all together in uh we say you started from scratch how long did that take you to to, to do to edit the database yeah yeah i mean to be fair i had a lot of of help not doing the actual editing but selecting the players because I think that's kind of the 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 main issue because to go in um, I mean it's many years since I've done data entry for a living but, <laughs> but but once you get used to it it's not that hard to to edit the database it does take it it took a couple of evenings I think of uh, I say that I've clearly forgotten that it took like 
24 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> but it seemed as if it wasn't that much of a, of a big deal. And because I was all excited about getting it, you know, up and up and running again, some of the, the guys wanted like a, a new team name, new colors, all of that. Um, and, and a couple of the managers helped me select because I don't know the game particularly well. I'm not even that good at it to be completely honest so i had some of the some of the actual managers were selecting all the players and they just sent me a list and saying these are all the ones that we need someone else arranged the draw i just got like lists of names and then i just had to sit and key them all in change the nationality change the contracts change yeah a few things <laughs> so yeah it's a, a little bit time consuming but nothing nothing you couldn't do and i have helped out a couple of people who wanted to do it themselves and and got in touch with the league and saying oh could we join the league and i said mm, there's no vacancies at the moment uh, if you run want to run your own i'm more than happy to to give you advice and and i know at least two or three people who, who've set up their own during this kind of you know covid19 isolation period so they've clearly had plenty of time but it's also not something that that you can definitely do if you if you just sit down and, and dedicate a, a couple of days to it like a weekend is yeah. plenty mm. that's good um now the whole thing on on a sunday is kind of a bit of a, a, bit of a show as you say there's um a couple of hosts and you, you play through the matches and things is that do the managers chime in with that or is it kind of just you know whoever whoever presents it or is it like a kind of a free-for-all or what happens there <laughs> so so basically i'm i every 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 monday i go out not begging but looking for volunteers so otherwise it will be me talking and <clears throat> I, I i've i can talk for for a long time if that's what's required um but i think it really brings like another dimension to it if you get someone someone else in you can have a little bit of a chat about it you can talk about the results what happened previously what do you think is going to happen of course we have the live comments so there's always you know um people to interact with but uh, but i usually dial one or two of the managers into the to the to the uh, to the actual show depending on who's available who feels like it who's on babysitting duties and you know who's uh, who's got family events and all this kind of stuff it's obviously been a little bit easier in the last couple of months to get people to to uh, to volunteer for it but uh, but it's never been an issue i think i've recorded one show out of the 50 or so that i've done that that i did by myself normally we've got the we've got one of the managers uh calling in who um, to to do the co-commentary share the screen via skype and then you know they can see what's going on and 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 yeah and that's that's how we do it it's very 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 clever how it's uh, come together making make the most out of a game that's you know nearly 20 years old it's uh you know pretty impressive how it's all how it's all come to be there's more, yeah. there's more people doing stuff with this game than there are with Football Manager. The Football Manager community is just, it's very singular and like you, you do stuff on your own. Whereas the, the, the CM community is, it's more inclusive. It, it, people want to get other people involved in it. It's, it's so good to be a part of. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is that there is no financial reward at all. Mm. There's no, there's no. We're not competing for viewers. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do my, because um, uh, I've seen a few of them. And to be fair, they're 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 probably brilliant. And this is, I am, I will never be the person that hates on Football Manager or whatever. I checked my Steam thing before we 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 did this, and I have eight hours in FM14. That's my my most recent experience <laughs> with it. So I can't, so I can't really criticize it. You know what I mean? I haven't seen it for for at least six years, and 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 even then, I I kind of dropped out. But I think the community is different and you can see when people are streaming other games as well it's for some of these guys they're trying to make a living out of it they're trying to make a secondary income or even a primary income out of it and mm. and for for that reason it's it's different plus you have a lot more younger people who are into it which um 
I'm not going to hate on kids because I don't want to turn into my dad, but it also makes it more toxic. Yeah. There's much more hate or this guy is such and such. And, yeah. you know, it, it becomes yeah. a little bit more tribal, I think, than, than, you know, a bunch of guys. We're just happy to get away from, you know, chores or whatever for a couple of hours <laughs> in the evening to, to, you know, oh, is he send us on? I'm just going to go and sit on the computer for a little, you know what I mean? This, this kind of, this kind of scenario, which, which gives it, you know, it's something that people really want to do when, when you play. Um, I think football manager as as a streamer, it's more like you know a job. When when people do it here, it's more like it. It's, it's like you say, it's a community. Yeah, it's people who 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 do things together. And especially what we've been doing here through the uh, the, the the coronavirus times. I mean, there are a couple of people who have got like a couple of thousand followers, and and they're quite good to 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 get the community involved in things so we've done these kind of challenges where where people could uh, you know we start with hereford or scarborough or whatever who wins the champions league first collect points along the way for assigning specific players completing specific tasks whatever um, and we've taken turns to do that because that's a whole other amount of admin <laughs> terrible but there's one going at the moment i think we, we left that we left the uk behind currently it's hoffenheim and there's at least 20 or 30 people that are every day playing like 15 games and sending in screenshots and things like that with league tables and and all this stuff yeah just to, to kind of keep people busy during during this kind of uh, um yeah this period where, where people have a little bit more time on their hands and and spend a little bit more time indoors yeah definitely yeah and you made a good point there as well about the CM community is very, very inclusive, and uh, the football manager community. I mean, there's, there's some really good lads in, in that group who I, who I speak to, mm. but they seem to go to pieces over everything. Like, not yeah. ne- not not everybody, but there's always seems to be some sort of drama. Like, someone's hating on someone else's stream, or uh, I don't know. They just seem, I, I, a lot of it goes over my head, but there's always some sort of beef going on. It is a bit like EastEnders at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said with the Champman community, I'll I'll get mentioned in one tweet by someone and then that will lead to thirty five, forty more tweets with other people just joining it and commenting on something as well. It's it's it is all people of the same age as well. It's not kids. Kids aren't really playing this game, it's people of our age and above that are just reliving their youth almost in this time while they've got the time to do it. Yeah, I think maybe like the, some of the youngest guys. I mean, I think one of the managers in Super League, Stephen, Stephen Fife, who's he's also doing the blog because that's another thing about the Super League that I completely didn't touch upon. We've got our own blog with like people who whose managers submit the videos. We've got there's a guy um, Ian Edwards or his uh, Citizen Edwards is his um, his his Twitter handle. He's a graphic designer and he designs all the all the clubs have their own logos. Of course, they have their own like kits and he's designed everything yeah from from <laughs> scratch. So so it's this kind of thing whenever someone does something or asks a question or if they need help or what is happening with this or whatever then there's always someone who's you know who's willing to to chip in or you know give a word of support or whatever if someone goes oh i can't be bothered with this or you know i'm upset with whatever you know especially now when people are like losing their jobs or being furloughed or, or whatever you know there's also people who've kind of like reached out and or not reached out because you know we're guys in our 40s we don't reach out really but we kind of <laughs> do you know what i mean going oh i've just had such a crap day or something like that or i'm not sure if i can be bothered with uh, the save tonight and people are you know really supportive and like oh don't worry about it you know i've recently applied for a new job and i i i posted just because i said i don't have much time i'm preparing for an interview whatever and i had like 40 people liking and well wishes and they have no idea who i am what i do yeah, yeah? so <laughs> so it was it's 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 nice to it's nice to see that it's very supportive and because none of us are online personas as well yeah we don't have a little picture in the corner where people can see us we don't try and sell ourselves as a product i think that also changes a lot in terms of what you see in football manager where the streamers become you know part of the product 
Um, whereas for for Champ, it, the product is just the game. Yeah, we just yeah. kind of happen to to be hanging around. Like Dave, what you did with the with the World Cup and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you are not the. You know, it, it's not you in the little corner. You know, no. chirping away. <laughs> no, and, uh... no, no, no one wants to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 there is a, there is that aspect to it as well. That it is still more about the game for for all of the people that still play it than than it's it's of any kind of you know personal interest or for for personal gain. Yeah, and just to touch on that, you mentioned Ian Edwards there. His graphics are ridiculous. I mean, he's a very, very talented man at what he does. It's uh, mm. it is something else. Yeah, it kind of feeds, it feeds into that kind of um, the 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 shirt collector uh, kind of side of things as well. There's there's a bunch of these guys involved as well, and 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 he kind of he was kind of the link between that because then they do like custom shirts, and then they're like, oh, what is this? And you know, it's 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 genuine, you know, genuine nice people. There's a bunch of people doing like half and half scarves podcast. Um, there's the guys who do the you know counter attack, this kind of board game oh, thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, so there's yes. people sort of like it, they're not collaborating collaborations yeah but it's you can tell it's people who follow each other and it's it's part of this kind of you know there's a feel-good vibe to it definitely definitely so with that in mind um what would you say has been the, the best moment from your time in the super league has there been a an aguero moment at all or is there you know is, is someone run, running away with the league every year or what's the what's the bottom line I for think- you we, we we regularly have Aguero moments. I think we had one of the games. Uh, the, one of the games that they're here at the weekend. We had uh, 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 Rossini equalised in the 45th minute and secured the winner for for Chutley Cannons away to uh, whoever it was on 90 minutes. Um, I always make a um, I always make a big deal out of saying that it's you know for me it's it's, a, it's about the people. Um, as as you could tell there, I can't remember who that was. I couldn't tell you any of the results that happened two weeks ago with without <laughs> checking my notes, and I don't really care. That's not why I do it. That's not why anyone. I mean, I can't speak for any of the managers, but that's definitely not what I. Some of them are <laughs> super desperate to win, which is also quite funny. But but for me, it's all about the people. So my memories uh, will always be be associated with the people that were there. We had uh, Kieran Collins, who's uh, who's one of the managers. He was uh, traveling the world with his uh, with his girlfriend or wife. I, I'm not sure his partner anyway um and they were in brazil and i was saying and he said oh, i'll do co-coms and i was like well you are out traveling the world aren't you and he was like yeah yeah but i'll phone in so he phoned in from a bar completely drunk with like a, a conga line in the background and stuff like that <laughs> and did, did the co-commentary via his mobile phone without knowing what was going on or anything like nice. that which which was brilliant yeah uh, I, I went down to to so last year in, in december i went down to to barrow to 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 visit ian edwards the the, the guy who does all the artwork we went to to Holker Street and watch the Barrow game together and, and shared a, a, a large amount of drinks. Um, I've been over to, a, I mean, I, I'm based in Glasgow. I've been over to, to Edinburgh to, to meet another of the, the managers. We went to, to, to watch a, a Hearts game together. I've, I hope to, to catch up with, uh, with some of the other guys, you know, when, uh, when, when, when the chance comes. Um, so, so for me, it's really about that. Of course, we've had some great nights where, where, you know, last minute winners and, you know, especially if we have like a derby game. So we've got a Lancashire derby. We've got the, uh, Bolton Phoenix and and Palmathinaikos are are managed by a, a couple of friends that live I don't know very close to each other down in Lancashire and they played each other in the league and we had them both on for you know for for, for co commentary um, <laughs> and then save their game till the end and they're sitting there you know shout we we don't have like I mean I I, I generally don't really swear much 
as as it is. So so we 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 don't try and make it family friendly, but but it just kind of becomes a little bit like non sweary and non aggressive. But yeah. with the odd exception when when those two guys, for example, played each other, and or when uh, you know the guy who's on co-commentary get a last minute winner or something like else. You know, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's, they take it very seriously. <laughs> yeah, you can't help it seriously. So so they are my highlights. The one where 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 people really have something to 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 celebrate or to shout about, or if it's little like quirky stories or or actually meeting some of the guys, which I think is a is, is a big part of it as well. Yeah, well, it all boards very well for if uh, if we ever go out of lockdown and Bjorn Heinenton gets his wish of having the old CM meetup. It sounds like it's uh, yeah. re- rely on your boys to get the get the party started. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there still is. I mean, appreciate in 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 the interest of time and everything. But a little small little anecdote I mentioned the lower league managers kind of uh, community um, that that started back in two thousand or whenever it was. I. Th- I was part of it and went to those meets for years. Uh, the last one I went to was only like three or four years ago. I, st- I think they still meet every year in March or April, depending on when the, the it coincides with the book fair down in London because one of the guys is over from America and they meet up, I think, still every year um, and, and have done ever since. I don't know how many of them are left, but I'm still in contact with some of them. I, I don't go to the meets anymore, but uh, but yeah, it, it's it's still going. There are still people. I still have friends that I've been in, you know, in touch with from the game since, yeah, from, from 2000. Ah, it's, it's bring, it brings people together. It always has done. I remember I used to play a network game with the guy from, uh, from uh, South End. I've never met him, but like every every holiday, like we'd we'd play network games like for the whole week, pretty much nonstop. <laughs> and then we say, like, "I see you, see you in six weeks when the next when the next half term comes around." <laughs> <laughs> and that was literally it. Like it was uh, it was brilliant. But uh, no, no, never met him. But uh, yeah, it's amazing what you get up to, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe maybe uh, the uh, CMCon 2021 that we do. Oh, that's going to happen. Be it's going to happen. Well, <laughs> if we ever allow it outside again. <laughs> It'd be quite hard to do at social distance. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, there is that. No, that would definitely, I think that would definitely be a thing. I mean, you could coincide it with some of the, you know, I think they were they were planning to do a big, like one of those shirt collector things, or there could be some kind of other community event where, you know, there's there's a lot of, of football management game or whatever interested people anyway or you could do like a separate thing obviously but uh, but i think it's definitely something that would uh, that would attract people from from far and wide if it was yeah. planned and advertised long enough in, in advance i think it would be a great idea yeah that's it you've got to try and be as inclusive as possible haven't you but also give people time because as you've already mentioned you know family commitments and things it's all very well sneaking mm. off to play for half an hour but trying to get a day <laughs> trying to get a day pass to go and drink with uh <laughs> a bunch of strangers, random ran, ran Norwegians of the nineties. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and okay. I mean, location-wise as well. Obviously, I mean, I mean, I think a, a, it. it that's another thing. There's a huge community of people who play championship manager across the world, and we don't really see it. I mean, Turkey is huge for it as well. There's so many people out there. CMO one or two in Turkey. The whole kind of like in South America, there's a bunch of people. But because they played the the game in 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 Portuguese or Brazil, in not in Brazilian obviously, but in Portuguese or or in Turkish or or whatever local languages they played them in, um, then you don't really you don't really interact with them in in the same way. But I think mm-hmm. it, it, just in the UK alone, there must be a must definitely be a, a a market for it for for having something like that. Well, who knows? We'll start off. We'll start off small, and you know, it'll be a worldwide event in a few years' time. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh, Martin, it's been great talking to you. Where can uh, where can people find you, the Super League, everything else there is to plug? The floor is yours. Yeah. So. 
so if 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 anyone wants to see what the Super League is all about and 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 what we do, so the easiest thing to do is to to have a look at the Twitter account. So it's uh, at uh, cmo102sl. Um, and that's uh, that's the Super League account, and and from there, there's a link to the YouTube channel where you can go and have a look at all the videos. If you are interested in what I do, which isn't much at the moment, um, but I'm quite helpful when it comes to the whole Championship Manager things, then I am at Martin Place CM um, on Twitter as well, not on Instagram or Facebook or any of these other things. So. <laughs> So Twitter is really the, the, the place to do it. Uh, you could also, um, I think all the Super League videos are, are kind of tagged. So if you search CMO 102 Super League in, uh, in YouTube, they, they should also come up if, if, you're, if anyone's interested in, uh, in what the Super League is and, and what it does, then, uh, then there is that, uh, that option as well. And, and then it's just a question of, you know, pinging people, DMing them, hanging out, seeing what's going on. We post the, the, uh, the, obviously the links to the, to the YouTube videos or when, when, whenever they're scheduled and, and join in as comments. Hang around, come and come and meet us. If you want to manage in the Super League, then put your name down. I mean, people retire all the time, but we are limited to 14 teams. I mean, there have been been talk about extending it or whatever, but the admin is ridiculous as it is, so <laughs> so there's no chance of that. So if anyone's interested, they're going to have to 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 wait until someone retires or or offer a job or, or offer themselves as an as assistance. We do have a, a couple of the of the clubs that have taken on assistance as well, but it's it's mostly for the banter, it's mostly for for the laugh. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a a, a social thing well all i'm saying is it, it's locked down i reckon in about six months time there's gonna be an awful lot more babies around there's bound to be some, <laughs> there's bound to be some vacancies then surely <laughs> you you definitely think so we have had our first we had our first uh, super league baby in uh, in february but uh, but ryan the the lucky father is uh, is managing to to hang in there and still uh, <laughs> still squeeze in uh, submitting his team on time etc so uh, so yeah we have uh, we have managed to uh, we have managed to keep him but you never know you never know <laughs> Ah, good stuff. Well, thanks very much, Martin, for joining us. Really enjoyed our chat, and uh, we'll uh, speak to you soon. More than welcome. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Thank you very much. So I'm joined now by Mark Duffy, who is a development director at Sports Interactive, but you also may know him from uh, the early Chat Manager games as the, uh, the man behind the fan club. So, Mark, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Appreciate your time. Um, we've uh, it's always nice to have someone on who, who's working in the game. We had uh, we had Paul and Paul and Arvon, uh, on our first episode, um, so it's nice to mix things up. We get, we've had all sorts of guests on in the meantime, but uh, it's uh, it's always nice to have someone on the other side of the fence, so to speak. Um, what uh, we always ask our guests when you first come on: What's your your history with the game? Uh, it's a bit of a loaded question for you, but w- when did you first uh, come across Championship Manager? Oh, God, okay. So, I remember buying a copy of a, a, an Amiga magazine back in the early 90s, and it had a little small box in there. It's, it was talking about um, two football games, or football management games that were coming out. One was Champman, and one was, I think, something called The Manager, which was made by a, a German company called Anstos. And uh, I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, I want to buy that. Um, and then me and my friend finally got our hands on it. I'm not even sure exactly when that was, but we, we got our hands on it and we took it home. And he had this uh, Amiga 500 and we stuck it in. And we actually thought the game had crashed because it took, uh, I'm sure everyone can remember, it took absolutely ages to do anything. But the, the setting up of the game was just incredibly slow. And I think you had to swap discs 
halfway through as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we ended up going to football training and then coming back after. And I, I have to say, we were we were both hooked. And it was uh, just sharing the save game disc. I think it was three discs at that time that you had for a save game. And we would take it to each other's houses. We used to have little uh, school books where we'd keep our short lists. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, fell, fell in love with the first version. I, I was a bit of a kind of football management game junkie at the time, so I was playing everything that was out there. But CM was definitely the one that um, grabbed my attention. And in CM one, there was a, a box that said it was a screen that said something like, you know, if you've got any suggestions for for the game, then. Um, write to me at this address and I wrote a couple of letters and got a couple of replies so it ended up that I was sending those to Ov Collier and Ov who I think was still at university at the time was replying to me and to be honest if it'd be incredibly embarrassing if we ever found the letters but they were littered with the kind of stuff that you might see on the forums these days they were littered with like you know I love this game but wouldn't it be good if you did this if you did that um and then I guess I carried on. I carried on playing, and there was the subsequent um, updates. <clears throat> and I remember that this this one often gets forgotten. But um, Oliver, I think before Sports Interactive set up a different company under a different name. I'm not sure if it then went on to be Sports Interactive. There was a company based in Brighton called Intellect. No. And it was under that label that they launched the very first um, Champ Man Italia uh, version. And I think basically the success of that probably meant that uh, Domark decided that they wanted to, to publish it. But I remember them pitching this as uh, uh, an, in- or wasn't even internet, it was an exclusive mail order uh, version, never going to be released anywhere else. And I remember being really upset with Oliver that... Um, it, it then got released, so I, you know I still still joke with him today that he lied to me back in <laughs> in 1994. Um, I mean I'm I'm jumping around here, but I, I remember CM2 probably being the game that I didn't really connect with the most, and that was mainly because it was it went from being Amiga to PC, and I didn't have a PC, and I managed to buy a PC just to play Champ Man, which I think is still a common common thing for many people a lot of a lot of uh, people that play our games typically only play our games and buy their laptops and machines especially for it mm. but my pc wasn't very good so the same old story the game was taking ages and ages to to run for me um but all along there i was still kind of in contact with with oliver and with paul and they'd gone on to set uh, sports interactive up and i was still being probably as annoying then <laughs> it was um, at the at the start, and then in, the internet arrived. I think I'm 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 in around 1995 now. And an email, and they published in CM2 an email address, and I was emailing them this time. Um, and then I got into doing my own websites, and that's kind of how the kind of fan club stuff came about. Was because uh, I just got into CM. There wasn't much of a community at the time. Um, there was. A few people, so Boa used to write, write an editor. Oh, yeah. He's at yeah. the studio. We joined like the same week. Uh, I think Miles was doing a data update at the time as well. Um, and there was various other people doing lots of other good stuff. And, yeah, just, just I kind of fell into Sports Interactive via that route. 
Yeah, is um, you say Bo still involved to this day? Is he? Yeah, so oh. Boa is is Sven Sven Kavernoy. Um, oh right, okay. Yeah, so he was writing. So he was doing a uh, a pre-game editor. Mm-hmm. Mars was doing an update, and I was doing a website. So it's kind of like um. I think Miles was probably using Sven's editor to do his update, and then I was pub- I ended up publishing Miles's data updates on my website. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, I spend a lot of my time with with ninety seven, ninety eight game, and uh, within the, the folder is Bo's CM editor, um, which still I think still works to this day actually. So you know, fair play, it's, fair uh, play. it's it survived several operating systems over over that length of time. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. I thought I always assumed it was just a fan, um, but obviously not. So all the better. Um, so yeah, you mentioned the fan club there. Um, you must look at that and then look at the community today and think, wow, look at how, how far this has come on because now in the world of Football Manager, the community, there's people streaming and people are watching people play the game. And Did you ever think that would be the case when you started all this in you know the mid-90s? Absolutely not. I'm actually I'm amazed at how popular the, the streaming community is. There are, I, ne- I guess I never really looked at the game as lending itself too way t- uh, too much to that kind of media, and I, obviously I was very wrong. There's a lot of great content out there. Um, I spend some time going into to Twitch and watching people playing it. Um, I see various people and the kind of the stories that they're generating by just playing their safe games is just just amazing. So no, I, I never never saw that coming. We um, the the community. I mean, it was there. There was a community before I arrived, so I'm I'm never going to take the credit for for any of that. There were a lot of people that loved the game like I did. Um, we used to hang out in um, IRC chats. I think oh, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, you know, this is the, the the beginning of the internet, at least how I remember it. Um, so we used to hang out in IRC chats and talk about the game. Um, I remember CM ninety seven ninety eight. I remember uh, that was for me the one that sort of really catapulted the game into into a sort of a wider market. And I wonder if the fact that it didn't have any copy protection on it was a factor in that because um, it was a, it was a lot easier, I guess, to get into and play. But there was people doing websites, people's doing uh, pre game editors, save game editors. Um, we I set a forum up and. The forum was so popular in the early days that no kind of ISP could handle it. So there was no, there was no concept of like um, cloud or you know everything that we're sport with by now. It was a lot of kind of local ISPs who are running probably machines in their office to power the internet, and we bounced around um, probably five or six times because we would chew through their kind of bandwidth and the, the forums would be unreadable because the page type page loads was were so slow so that that for me was probably the beginning of me realizing that there was a lot of interest in a game like champ man mm. um but you know i remember i think cm3.com was probably one of my most popular websites and the amount of traffic we got even back then was just absolutely insane it was it was unbelievable but the, the community now has got it's got a completely different life i mean i don't think i think forums are popular but you've got discord you've got twitch you've got youtube so many other ways to to engage with the community these days it's amazing oh i mean it's absolutely incredible i mean i'm amazed by even some of the uh like 
the videos they put together, not just the, I mean, they play the game far better than I do as well, but they also seem to be like professional video editors in terms of some of the graphics I managed to spin up um, on pretty much a daily basis as well. Like it's, you know, totally uh, respect, yeah. respect them all. I, I think there's a growing um, growing list of a, a list of people that are making a living, I guess, out of this kind of stuff now. So you have to be incredibly dedicated because putting those kind of videos together and having a schedule that some of them have is is a massive ask. It's, it's you know, it is a full-time job, isn't it, to do all of that? Not completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, 97, 98 there, and uh, I think you're quite right, the um, the lack of copy protection certainly helped. I know <laughs> my school alone, I think pretty much every everyone who, was, who wanted to play the game could play the game, and I think it was probably only bought by two or three people and it just made its way around. Um, but what that did do, as you mentioned as well, was it, it meant CM3 was so highly anticipated because um, it was a huge leap forward as well. I mean, we're, we're talking, it went from um, having a squad of, I think, a maximum of 30 or 32 in, in those days to up to 50. You could have squad numbers, you had more variety in your tactics, all this, and of course, many, many more leagues. Um, what was the kind of feeling at the time about making such a huge jump from what was the CM2 series to over the CM3? So I didn't actually start at SI until probably three or four months after CM3 came out. Right. Um, but I, I was, I guess, loosely involved with SI. I used to go into the studio, and studio is probably a grander word than what it was. <laughs> it was fifth floor of a kind of uh, converted f- um, building in, in Islington, which had, I think, you know, there were probably four or five of them at the time making the game. I remember going in uh, one day before CM3 came out. So I think CM3 was delayed in the end, wasn't it, till March. April? Yeah, March, March, April, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a little bit behind. But I remember going into the office and I remember being absolutely blown away by um, the fact that they'd got like a network game going. So <laughs> they'd set all the, mach- pretty much every machine in the office was just set up in the middle of the room. And I think, doing some kind of soak testing or automated testing but it was basically a network game running and I just remember walking in one afternoon and being absolutely blown away by it so you know I kind of felt like it was going to be big and I definitely know that it was highly anticipated I don't know if you remember there were lots of there were lots of problems at launch with um, CM3 and I think it even made its way to Watchdog yes I remember um Vaguely, anyway, because I mean, we were talking about this the other week, but uh, I was so looking forward to CM3, but my computer, similar to yourself, really, my computer in the late 90s barely ran 97, 98, so in the end I didn't really get CM3 until, uh must have been, I probably missed CM3 entirely and got the next one, um, but I remember there was all sorts of delays with it, um, which again, secretly I was like, quite happy about, because I, I knew I couldn't play it, so I was kind of buying time, so... <laughs> but I, I remember being... I remember being... Um around uh, around that time and i think you know i remember of of at that time was really the main guy running running si i think he took on all the admin duties and i think he was like super frustrated with uh the copy protection problems the inability for people to play the game and he was like really wanting to just put like versions on the internet uh, uh, on our website of like um updates that didn't have copy protection but we managed to talking around I think at the time and uh, eventually the issues were were sorted but you know even going back to that the website w- when that game came out our website absolutely died as well it was it was to a crawl 
it just couldn't cope with the amount of people that wanted to get on there every day. It was just insane. Yeah, I can imagine it was kind of like, it kind of grew in line with the internet, didn't it? Um, the way the game got bigger and bigger, so so more and more people using the internet. But uh, it um, it obviously opened up a whole new world of possibilities of being able to download, as you say, updates and whatever else. Um, for you, um, of all the versions of the game, um, what would you say was was the one you would say? Well, that's you know that's the one. Uh, if we had to only play this one first in my life, it would be this one. So, I think so. I, I I look back and I think of ninety nine zero zero oh one oh two as being kind of moments in time where I was really really into it. You could bang through lots of seasons relatively quickly. Um, it's difficult. I went I went back to play oh one oh two one day. I think I found something somewhere and I had a go and it and I. Data. It was great, but it still I didn't. I just felt like it was missing something. So I know back then it was everyone talks about those games in real uh, high regard. But kind of often think we look back with rose tinted glasses, and and actually that some of the stuff that's in the new versions is just it blows it out of the water. Yeah, it takes longer, and, and but I, I got into um, FM. FM19 I played for over 500 hours and that was just an incredible experience I had this amazing save like real life I took Liverpool to their first title um, and I think I had like I don't know how many seasons 10 or 15 seasons and we were just pretty much winning everything if I look, if I look back I'd say 9900-0102 those were at that moment in time really good for me uh, and more recently it was be the FM FM19 yeah um, you mentioned a one or two there, um, which was the focal point of, the, of this month's podcast. Um, you're actually a player in a one or two. You're in, in the database as a as a uh, attacker midfielder, I think. Um, was it the case that you and a lot of the sort of staff were in the game at the time, or was, was, did you manage to sneak yourself in under the radar? I actually think everyone was in there. I think at the time I was playing uh, a reasonably decent standard of football. Not, you know, I was skinny back then <laughs> wasn't overweight like I am now I'm, I'm 40, uh, 40 odd years of age but um, yeah, I, I actually think most people were in the game in some way shape or form um, I don't think I got any special treatment I definitely don't remember being any good when I used to sign myself I wouldn't I wouldn't really do anything but yeah, it's one of the parts of the job back then oh, I guess absolutely yeah. <laughs> no I, was, I didn't want to Hurt your feelings for you, you're not particularly, not particularly much cop. <laughs> um, you might not know the answer to this because it might be before you were with SI, but uh, when we spoke to Paul and Alf, um we noticed that uh, is, it, is it Mark Woodger? Um, yeah. he, he's managed to sneak himself into 9798 in the sense that regen players from certain countries come out as uh, Woodjev or Woodski or um, you know that kind of thing and we've noticed the same as actually he's done with, with the Colliers that you can get Collierev and all these other sort of variations of that um, is, there anything, is there anything like that going on now that we just don't know about or is, was he just ahead of his time with a very very subtle thing I don't think anything like that goes on now but I can I fully expect it would either have been Oliver or Paul putting something like that in or Mark Vaughan um, would have snuck um, stuff like that in but nowadays we run an incredibly professional outfit we wouldn't dream of doing things like that 
Um, speaking of which, um, in a one or two, obviously there's a player called Tomadeira who we know isn't real. Um, how did, did you remember it all? How how that how, how you found out about that and sort of how, how it was felt behind the scenes? Yeah, I don't I don't remember much about that. I mean, obviously, uh, for a game that prides itself on being realistic, to have something like that slip through the net probably would have upset some people at the time. And I'm sure that better practices and processes were put in place after. He's become a bit of a, a living legend. Oh, completely, completely. Yeah. Taking on a, a kind of um, a whole new whole new life. <laughs> Not the one ever existed, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I, I think, yeah, you know, back back in the day, lots there were lots of mistakes. I mean, I I I don't even know if anyone remembers this one, but we launched a CM version, and it had I can't remember which one it was, but it had no player histories in it in the app off the disc version. Yeah, um, it was, which was um, I think this was CM four, which I was going to ask you about in a moment, but. Yeah, I think it's CM4. That was that was my fault. <laughs> um, for for some reason, we, uh, create, creating like the, the the disc versions back in the day was a lot more complex than it is now. Now you've got things like Steam; it's a lot easier. But we used to have to use something called Install Shield, and you'd have to create the kind of uh, installer. And I remember that it 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 or me missed out the uh, history files, and somehow they got through. Um, so I think you know we were guilty of making many smallish mistakes like that back in the day. And I think as soon as Miles got involved, which I can't remember the exact year, but I think we professionalised, if that's the right word, mm. things kind of went up a notch, and we tried to sort of eradicate some of those some of those cock-ups. <laughs> yeah, well, again, CM4 was kind of similar to CM3, and it, uh, it was very highly anticipated because it was going to have the um, the first 2D pitch, I believe, and uh, I think that ended up coming out in probably about February or March again, I would think. But uh, I do remember getting the game, and uh, I think it came in the post earlier in the morning. There was there was no play history, which didn't necessarily bother me. It wasn't a game breaker for us, but uh, I remember reading the, the forums at the time, and uh, they were they were less forgiving, I think. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think when we spoke to Paul Nov, they just said, you know, that was kind of the, the kind of the breakwater moment where kind of realise how big the things were and need to need to do things a little bit differently um, which is expected really I mean when you think how it started from being the two of them making this game and to, to get to that stage and what must have been about 10 years was pretty incredible really uh, I don't think that would happen now anyhow yeah the SI back then was I think when I joined in in 99 I think I was like employee number 7 and then the spring <laughs> Sven came through the door the week after, and he was employee number eight. And I think by the time, by two, early 2000s, it was up to 30, and then I think it was to 60 uh, a couple of years later. So the, the studio was just getting getting huge, especially compared to, to the early days. So I think the Colliers did an amazing job um, in, in running it and then when when Miles came on board as well he just took it to to another level hmm. I think it's quite telling as well that you know you're all still there now um, as you say employee number seven and you're still there what must be nigh on 20 odd years later I think yeah uh, I think it's like tw- 21 21 years this 
next month, I think. But I always, when when people say that, I actually say I'm just really one of 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 many. They're more like me. So I think when when Sega bought Sports Interactive in 2004, I don't know the exact number, but I'm going to have a guess of the of the 30. Five people, I think they were at the studio then. I still think thirty people are still at the studio now. Wow, it's a, it's a pretty incredible number, and and our, our numbers of people that are coming up to their twenty year anniversary is 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 significant now. Yeah. And that's I think that that to me says everything about what the company is about and and how good it is to work there. And you know, sometimes it doesn't feel quite like a job because you know you're working football and you're doing something you love i've got friends that moan about their jobs and i you know i often can't relate to it sure it gets, it gets stressful and it's you know it's getting more complex as we're getting bigger we're at 180 180 people now but um but yeah it, it's 30 out of 35 still with the studio yeah. 16 years later that's that's amazing that tells its own story doesn't it um one other thing I want to ask you about to finish with is uh, is FM Live. Um, am I right in saying you were somewhat involved with this? Oh my God! This <laughs> this game for me was light years ahead of its time. Yeah. It yeah it, it, it ended because there were you know we made mistakes in terms of like design. We'd never we'd never made a game like this. So of Ov, I think, had taken a break from the studio and went travelling, and he came back, and he, and I've still got it somewhere. He's he came back with what it was called a blueprint for like an online, um, online football management game, and um, yeah, I think if we look back now, we would have done things differently. But in terms of like uh, community kind of spirit, an online game, it was it was just ahead of its time, and I see lots of people. Um, lots of people on Twitter often bugging Miles, asking him, "Is FM Live ever going to come back? <laughs> please, please, can you run a server? Um, you know, we just want to play it." So there, there were. I think the max, the most amount of people that I think ever really played was about thirty, thirty-five thousand at launch. Mm. So it was never like a real sort of mass market popular game. But I think the ones that are left at the end, so there's probably around about four or five thousand people. They really, really loved it. They invested a hell of a lot of time in in that game, and and the spirit of that game, the code of that game, actually lived on in the studio for a long time after FM Live shut down. So we went on to make um, make a couple of games that ran out of Korea and China, which was was similar-ish. But they were online, but they 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 weren't the same as you would have seen in FM FML. So. Whatever we learned in FML has propelled us in, into sort of new countries and new new styles of game. So it wasn't all it wasn't all in vain. No, no, it's uh, it's definitely like a cult favourite if you want to call it that. Um, and Paul and Ov said similar really that it was kind. Of, I wouldn't say regret, but they they felt if it was as you say ahead of its time and if they launched it now, it would probably still be going. Um, but it um, it has everything as you say. It was perfect for the modern day of you know the communities we've got and things. Um, so, are you saying it's off the cards for ever, ever coming back? Well, ever is a long time. <laughs> um, you know, personally speaking, I've always had aspirations of, of something like that. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think we'll be seeing something anytime soon. <laughs> 
No, never mind. I, I, I remember pitching to Miles that uh, when Pokemon Go came out and that was the big thing, they should do something similar where you would, you'd, you'd pick up footballers and you'd end up playing using the FM engine. Um, you'd play like a five-a-side kind of thing and if you won, you got to take someone from the opposition's team. Um, that was shot down in flames. So um, my idea days are over. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I think, the out of the ashes of FM Live, a couple of sort of um, projects spun up, people looking to do looking to do their own versions. And I know there's definitely still one going, um, which I think is called 90 Minute Fever. All right. Which I, I dip in and out occasionally, but there's a lot of, there are a lot of things in that game that I think are similar to, to FML. And a lot mm-hmm. of people that played that and, and set that sort of team up um, were involved in FML back in the day. So, you know, I'd like to think some good came out of it in the end. Oh, yeah. I think... Uh as you say, with, the, with the, the modern football manager, things like the draft modes and things have won't say replaced, but it's you know it's as good as you can you can do it with friends. It's a community kind of add-on that people enjoy. Uh, hasn't always been there, and uh, I see quite a lot of people using the draft mode. So, um, do you think what what do you think will be the next kind of big thing for football manager? It's obviously topping out everything it can at the moment. Do you think there's another level it can go to, or do you think it's kind of yeah. Reach its peak. Oh no, I don't, I don't think it's reached its peak. I think I think there's there's loads that we could do with it. It's um, it's I guess it's what drives us on every day, really. Yeah. That Miles Miles will tell you himself. I've heard him say it in interviews, and he definitely says it internally. He's never going to be happy. <laughs> it's, yeah, for, I, I I read stuff on on the internet a lot, and I think a lot of it's wider than Mark. One thing I can be sure of is there's no. There's no sense of us being complacent internally. That's actually a, a kind of dirty word for us. We are so driven to make every version of Football Manager better than the last one. Um, I'm sure we, we make mistakes. In fact, I know we make mistakes. But um, you think about the value for money, the kind of offering you get with the game, the level of detail is insane. Oh, yeah. The, 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 there's people in the studio that are sort of talking and, and deeply embedded in football these days and they, they know stuff and stuff goes in that's so detailed so yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're not we're not happy we, we always want to do more and be better and that, that's you know ultimately what my role in the studio is is to make sure stuff comes out on time but for it to be of a higher quality that's, that's what I'm striving for I spend a lot of time post release trawling um, the internet, finding people with problems and trying to get things sorted. You know, often I'll find a, th- a thread on Twitter that I'll be sharing internally. I'll be trying to get a safe game of someone. And that's just because we, you know, this is a personal thing, but there's many more like me in the studio. We want the game to be the best it can be. Yeah, I can remember when I must have been FM, yeah, maybe 19 or 18 came out, I had a problem running it on what was a new laptop at the time. And you actually contacted me off your own back to ask, you know, what the what was various setups and things. Um, and I thought that was great. You wouldn't get that with, with any company as far as I know. Um, you mentioned there as well with, with FM, the, the playability. How many games come out where people play it for pretty much 12 months straight? I'd say none other than Football Manager and maybe FIFA, but... Um, you know, football games just have this longevity, which I think, as you say, they get value for money, uh, and that'll go a long way to, you know, the series continuing to go from strength to strength. I'm sure. Yeah, the best the best thing we've got is the fact that we're trying to mirror real football, and mm. real football is changing all the time. 
So it keeps us on our toes. We're we're constantly looking at the leagues. If the leagues restructuring, I mean that that in itself is a a job to keep on top of the fifty plus leagues that we've got and making sure that the rules are the the right yeah. that they're right and realistic. It's just insane. And then you get something like Brexit comes along, and uh, you have to do some scenario planning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 again is is there's stories in and around that. I think there's there were. Because we weren't sure when we launched the game what what was going to happen, I think there were two or three different scenarios baked in, and it was kind of like potluck which one you'd get yeah. in your safe game. I think one of them was incredibly harsh, the uh, the work permit rule. Yes, yeah, you you, um, you could definitely get stitched up, which you know, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, yeah, we, it, hopefully we won't as a country, but uh, remains to be seen how that pans out. But you said good. I remember in my FM19 save game, I got lucky. I think I got the most lenient of all the yeah, yeah. all the uh, options. <laughs> yeah, well, that just shows, and you, you you have to kind of plan these things with an open mind because you have to do it at a snapshot in time, and things can change. And obviously, you can patch certain things in, but uh, obviously, not everything's changeable when a game's already started and that sort of thing. So you haven't got it easy, put it that way. Yeah, especially not with this the current world we're in. Um, Mark, we're just about run out of time. Is there uh, is there anything you'd like to to plug while you're here, or your Twitter account, or anything anything at all, really? No, no. I um I try and I try and stay in the background. So no, no, thank you. Fair enough. No problem at all. Well, thanks very much for your time. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, and uh, we'll speak again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a me. Well, that was a bumper-bumper edition. If you've listened to all of this podcast, thank you very much. Over two hours. That's the longest Man of the Post podcast we've ever done. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Man of the Post. You can find Dave at CM9798. Make sure you head over to the blog. Check out all the great stuff. There's an article a day going up at the minute. And, yeah, subscribe, like iTunes, all that sort of stuff. Leave us five-star rate and review. And we will be back next month with another bumper CM on the post. Until then, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from the ghost of Dave. And always remember to keep your champ man on the post. Mm-hmm.